four or five uh, that have tasted that I mean, must have sat up all night, Adam Sandler, writing that song. Sick man. Very sick man. First day of Hanukkah today. Hit those malls, boys and girls. Lines have been forming since 5 o'clock this morning. Robert Creeper, Zach Krantz, happy weekend. Happy Thanksgiving Day, a day late. Happy Hanukkah. To Goldie, my man, wake up. It's past your bedtime. Ginger Rogers coming up next with his little bitty buddy Hagedorn, who actually sat on a phone booth yesterday at Thanksgiving dinner. Have a nice day in paradise, everybody, on QAM. This is South Florida's only real sports station. WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. A Beasley Broadcast Group station. WQAM.com. Nice piece today, Mo. That's the report from the Beast. Nice piece. We're in a holiday piece. Was shooting 45, 46, 47, are now shooting 38, 39, and 40. That big guy does make some difference to everyone. I know you have to go to work. I have two more questions for you. Hubie, coming back. Uh, I love it. I, I think it's so great for him. Uh, I know you've been close to him for a long, long time. What was your first thought when you heard that Hubie was going to get back on the court again? I was completely... Yo, yo, let's rate more. It's Friday, you bastards. Christ. On the second day of Hanukkah, my parents gave to me two stinking dreidels and a picture of my fat and Bernice. On the third day of Hanukkah, my parents gave to me What's that weird thing on her head? That's her face. Oy. On the fourth day of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. That's cool. My parents gave to me. Lousy kosher candy, three ugly shirts, two stinking dreidels. Sing the dreidel song. No. Sing it. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made it out of clay. And when no one is watching, I'll throw the thing away. No, but that nice. Fight me. Oy. On the fifth day of Hanukkah, my parents yelled at me. For wanting a Christmas tree. What? Well, Jimmy's got one. Maybe Jimmy's Catholic. Oh. And not wanting candy. Not wanting shirts. Not wanting trails. Or a picture of my fat and Bernice. The sixth day of Hanukkah, my parents made me sing. If I were a rich man, 
560 WQAM. Happy Chinooka to you. Happy Chanaka. So uh, yesterday the beast filled in, and uh, the good news is he didn't sit in my chair. <clears throat> what he told me before the show today. He was hanging around this morning, I guess, looking for affirmation, looking for me to pat him on his bald spot and say, nice job there, beast. I didn't hear most of it. Now, Carlos is just raving about, oh, my God, the show was sensational, and the phones were ringing off the hook, and it was it was just spectacular. So good that his mom called. So good that Mama called in? Chucky's mom called the show, apparently. Oh, Chucky's mom. I thought it was the Beast's mom who called in. Yeah, my mom surprised me and made a request. Thank God I didn't recognize her voice. That's that's weak. That's really weak. When people have their relatives start calling in, pretty soon we'll be having uh, Fred Imus calling in. At least he was going screenless, so. Yeah. Well, that was his first mistake, but setting that all aside, you know, the fact he was there killed today, got a tremendous response <laughs> on that poll question, and obviously he left the most important thing out. He said, what would prevent you from wanting to date a person? And he gave uh, 600 choices there. They're short, they're bald, they're fat, or then a combination of uh, the above, or uh, all of these three, which one? 274 votes. <laughs> well, it was a holiday yesterday. You know, people are busy eating stuff in their face. Pretty marginal ball game yesterday afternoon. Boy, I'm talking about the uh, Patriots-Lions game. Then the other game, I love that. Don't you love Steve, seeing Steve Spurrier get beat? Always. Even as much as I despise Jerry Jones and that whole cowboy thing, that organization, they've already lost enough games, you know. But the fact that Washington blows a big lead like that and gets their ass kicked, you got to feel good about that. Because anybody with a brain hates Steve Spurrier. Like, Absolutely correct, sir. Like poison. Oh, speaking of sports, before we get to all this poll stuff, it's, you know, it's a holiday. We're just going to kind of like lay back today and just do whatever the hell I feel like it. Carlos, give me here. We take any calls today? We take any calls? Just relax, okay? We'll do whatever the hell I feel like it. Yes, sir. You and uh, the Beast, all obsessed with the calls. And by the way, speaking of the Beast, the biggest... The f I'll tell you one thing. He, he may not be the fattest person in the building. I'm sure he's not. But he's definitely the fattest pussy that we have in the building. And there's nothing worse than a fat pussy. He is it just... He's an embarrassment. Comes there this morning and he tells me that uh, Mo... Uh, he saw him walking down the hall and uh, went on cue with it. What's the matter, boy? You're not going to come in and talk to the old man? Boy, calls him boy, and he goes in there. This is the guy that had him canned, even though we usually draw the line on this show. We don't talk about the Momeister because he makes me sick to my stomach because we're nauseous. We want to puke him. We draw the line at yeah. But nevertheless, I'll make an exception today. Just this one time, I'll let you talk about my business, okay? 
Okay. And so he goes in there and shakes his hand and happy Thanksgiving and all this other crap. This is a guy that got them canned. That wouldn't even let him read the sports updates on his show because he's so unprofessional. You're a little suckling, for crying out loud, beast. You have no balls, no self-respect, and that's what this whole poll was he took yesterday. It was a reflection of his inferiority complex. Don't you think? Obviously. What would prevent you... See, this is the one goal I got. You know, people make New Year's resolutions. Even though it's only uh, almost the 1st of December, we still got a month ago till the New Year. That's going to be one of my main New Year's resolutions, is trying to butch up some of these schmucks we got on this radio station. Good luck to you. Including George. You know, George is another one. He talks a good game off the year, but on the year he plays that crickets thing in all the time. Like he's so scared he's going to get, you know. And, and the same thing happened yesterday. Here was a golden opportunity for this man to come on the air to tell it like it was, the real story, which the audience was dying to know, about how he got Schmidt canned off of that show. And he says, oh, well, like, I'm like Neil. I draw the line at Nine. Yeah, what a lame excuse that was. You're not like Neil, I'll tell you that, except, except the fat part. Other than that, I see no similarity whatsoever in the Jew part. But other than that. So anyway, he asked, what would prevent you from uh, wanting to date a person? They're fat, they're bald, they're short, and then uh, combinations. 276 votes, a staggering total. <laughs> they're all three, 81. See, he left off the most important one. They're ugly. That's the one. I mean, there are people who are short who are very attractive. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes. There are people who are fat who may, uh, may of course, it all depends on how fat. Eh. But there are people who are overweight who still have got beautiful faces and are very attractive people. Now, not a lot, but there's some. People who are bald. Run for the hills. How about, no, seriously, how about the Jason Taylor? He's even got his own calendar. There's a bald guy. Sinead O'Connor. Shinehead O'Connor. She looks like crap. They give me Sinead O'Connor. She looks like garbage, man. She looks like a, the singing nun. She's a priest, not a nun. And at any rate, no, how about Ray Lucas? There's a bald guy. He's not a bad-looking guy. I mean, he's, you know, right? Yeah, no, he's not. So the point being that ugly would have been the more operative one, but, of course, the Beast doesn't want to admit that he's ugly. He told me this morning that he, if, he, if he weighed 150 pounds, he'd be a sex pot. Well, call me the day you get to be 150 pounds, Beast, and we'll all uh, sit around and we'll judge. We'll put you on one of those damn shows. The Bachelor. Don't you think he'd be lovely on The Bachelor, The Beast? Anyway, that's also too skinny at that point. All three, 81, they're fat, 74, none of the above, 45, they're fat and bald, 34, they're short and fat, 29, they're bald, 12, they're short and bald, 3, they're short, 1. This could be the worst poll I've ever seen in my life. You know what? I mean, George doesn't take really good poll, but this poll was just really, really weak. How'd that other poll come out from the day before? I'm so glad you asked. Eric, who finally actually did something useful, faxed me the uh, total result from that. If I got it here somewhere, do you think I have it? Can you find it? I'm, I'm looking for it. Here it is. I found it. This is the poll from Wednesday. What would you like to hear 6 to 9 a.m. on WQAM? 970 votes. Rick and Suds, a staggering total, 387, 39.8%. You ready for that? Shocking. The first team, which I'll get more about uh, Defoe here in a minute, because Jim Sarney, Jim Sarney's uh, got another one of his insipid columns this morning on the Sun Sentinel. Just what we need is more sports on the radio, Jim. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's have a 100 sports stations. I'm going to take up a bill in Congress. I'm going to see if I can get one of our legislators to introduce a bill in Congress to ban sports talk radio, to make it illegal. Here, here. I mean, it, it's garbage. It, it's swill. 
The same crap. Oh, well, you know, in the second quarter of that San Diego game last week, I thought that the defense, there was a really bad call on that one pass. What was your take on that? Rick and Suds 387. My take was yesterday that the uh, Patriots never woke up. I think they had maybe like too much turkey before the game. They like uh, just kind of went through the motions, you know, like when you're playing a little girls team. And who was giving me that crap? It wasn't uh, wasn't Miguel. Was it giving me that crap, or was it Carlos? Who who said that? About what? Well, just barely. No, it was Carlos. Barely okay. squeaking through, almost losing to a girls team. They didn't almost lose the game. Brady took a knee on the one-yard line as the uh, time ran out to show a little bit of class there. They didn't want to run up the score. Plus, they already covered the spread. It was five and a half. Oh, uh, that's why. Did you watch that game? Just bits and pieces. So what do you know about it? No. What the hell do you know about it? Do you know anything about it? The score? That's good. <laughs> now, dummy up. Now, you're, you're going to have to... I'm serious. Today is the day that I draw another line in the sand, and that is you got to butch up, you guys, and also get a... Speaking of butch up, Eric up there, we're telling you hearing all these sob stories. You're overworked, and you're underpaid, and you're up till 3 in the morning, and you're not getting any sleep. Well, good, then let Carlos do some work. He's willing to do it for free, which is what we like the best. Butch up that website of ours. It's an embarrassment. It's humiliating. We got news on there. We got news from before Jesus was a baby. Oh, it's Neil's uh, 40th birthday. That, that's a little bit ago, huh? About 20 years ago. God almighty, Eric. We like you. We appreciate what you've done. But let the Carlos get in. He's like so paranoid. You know, he's afraid you're going to like take away his uh, whatever it is. Take away his uh, breakfast burritos or something. Rick and Suds, 387. The first team, Joe Gelly and Defoe, 166. What would you like to hear 6 to 9 a.m.? I wouldn't listen no matter what, 151. they got other places to go, like maybe Howard Sperm. Bob and Tom, 73. That was a late addition, and I apologize to them, because if we had to put them on right away, they'd have done even better than that. Classical Music, 63. I'm happy with Mo had only 45 votes. 4.6%. Pretty weak. Ron and Ron had 44 votes, and they don't even exist anymore. And coming in last place, Suck and Wind. 41 for Paul Castro. No. Bo. 41. So the battle really was for last place between Mo, Ron and Ron, who don't exist anymore, and Paul Castro. No. Bo, who ain't had an original idea in his mind since he was born. So that's the poll from Wednesday. We apologize for the poll yesterday the Beast put on there. He did a pretty good job, I hear, didn't he? Wasn't bad at all. <laughs> had a lot of calls. He had more calls yesterday than we got right now. I'll tell you that. We don't have a call on the board. Not that we're taking it. Well, we might take some. Maybe not. All depends. Keep them guessing. Don't ever let them know ahead of time. Don't tip your hand, Carlos. That's the way to do it. Just keep them guessing. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't, huh? And maybe they won't call anyway because they're all busy shopping. Or they're busy lighting their Chinooka candles on the menorah. You know what they say. Cana horror let's light the menorah. Hey, it's here, the holiday shopping season. Everywhere you go, traffic, lines, parking hassles. If you need a new mattress, do you really want to be out schlepping around at this time of the year? No. Of course not. So do the smart thing like I do. Call the betting experts at 1-800-MATTRESS. That's the number for Dial-A-Mattress. Now's the time to call 1-800-MATTRESS. You get your new mattress today and sleep like a baby tonight. Dial-A-Mattress carries the area's largest inventory of top-quality Sealy, Certus, Simmons, and King Coil mattresses. I've been sleeping on a Dial-A-Mattress for years, and I guarantee you they're the best in the world. And as far as delivery is concerned, they are unbeatable. You get same-day delivery, evenings, weekends, most holidays, whenever it's convenient for you. They have a 99% on-time delivery record. Call now, have your new mattress in as little as a couple of hours, or choose the date and time most convenient for you when you're going to be home. They're not like the cable company that gives you an eight-hour window and still doesn't show up at all. Plus, they take away the crappy old vetting and set up your brand-new one for you. If you're a snowbird just coming back, get rid of the old mattress and have you relax on a new one. You'll be sleeping better than you do at home. 
Call Dial a Mattress right now, toll free, 1-800-MATTRESS. Avoid the holiday shoppers. Don't waste time going from store to store, especially now. For the best mattresses and even better prices, call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Tell them that old Neil told you to call Dial a Mattress, the easiest possible way to buy a bed. Sports Radio 560, QAM. You picked a good time to come in. It's always great to do these shows after a win. You know, Conrad's always complaining. Somehow, whenever a loss comes up, he's it's his turn in the barrel. You know? <laughs> Let's go to Rick in Miami. Go ahead, Rick. You're on with Randy. Hey, what's going on, Randy? Well, how you doing? All right, buddy, man. Great game on Sunday, man. Great, Thank great you. game, man. Y'all, y'all did a real good job in every aspect of the game, man. It was a perfect game. I got to give it to you guys. I mean, you know. I'm one of the pure fans, you know, when we were losing, I had my head down, I was, but I kept on walking straight, you know, everybody, oh, oh, the season's going down, you know, I looked at everybody and said, hey, man, it ain't over yet, you know, my boys don't go out there and going to handle the business on the field, Yeah. and I just wanted to call to say, man, great job, man, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys back at battle on Sunday, man. Thank you. Okay. All right, Randy. Thanks for your call. Leo in Miami. Go ahead, Leo. Hey, what's up, Hank? How you doing? I'm good. Randy, I got to tell you, man, we love you here in Miami, dude. You are the man. Thank you. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Um, I got a question, um, not not to take anything away from you, but how do you feel about not having enough of Desmond Clark in there? And, and Hank, also, that you know, if you can answer that, it'd be great. I'll hang up and listen. Well, actually, Desmond Clark's getting a lot of playing time. Oh, yeah, Desmond's getting to play a lot. I mean, um, Desmond is, is, is pretty much kind of me and him was kind of in the same mode of a tight end. You know, he's a really phenomenal player. He's uh, very quick and out of the breaks. And he, when he's on the field, it really, you know, takes a lot of um, a lot of attention away from me. You know, now that um, Jet, we was playing a lot better too. So right now that, you know, we have three good tight ends that are playing really well, you know, they really can't just concentrate on anybody. Randy, he was a, he was a wide receiver one time, uh-huh. wasn't he? So he's, he's just a guy who... Who's big enough to play tight end, but he's got pretty good speed. Oh, he's, he's he? yeah, he's he's um like I said, he's, he has deceptive speed. He's really, I mean, a lot of people don't know how fast Desmond is, but Desmond can move, and you know, he's uh, like I said, he's very quick and it's very hard to cover one on one open field. Okay, let's go to uh, Mark in Hollywood, or I'm sorry, Brett on a mobile. Brett, you're on WQAM with Randy. Go ahead. Hey, Randy, how's it going? How you doing? Um, I just want to say that I think that we should get the ball to you more so that we can get two rookie of the years two years in a row. And how do you feel about being moved out to the wide receiver position? Um, like I said, I, I do anything I can. Um, I don't mind splitting out. You know, um, like I said, whatever whatever I can do to have the team. And, you know, uh, I would like everybody wants to have the ball all the time. But sometimes, you know, there's only one football to go around. And when you have so many, as many weapons as, as we have, you know, you have to spread the ball out. Okay. Right, thank you. Okay, thanks. Uh, Clinton Portis would to be the front runner right now for the rookie of the year spot, I would think, huh? Oh yeah, Clint. You know, Clint, my man. You know, me and Clint have the same agent. You know, and uh, I, you know, I talked to him the other day. You know, I'm, I'm glad he's just doing as well as he is. You know, hopefully, you know, they'll come down to me and him. Pro Bowl would be okay. Oh yeah, Pro Bowl would be a lot better than rookie of the year. Speaking <laughs> of agents, is there something in your contract that would give you a little more? Uh we're gonna, we're gonna leave that. There. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take one more before we break. Mark in Hollywood, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, hey, uh, Randy, uh, it's good to have you aboard. I've been a diehard Dolphin fan for years, going back to 1980, coming out of high school, and you definitely filled the void at the tight end position. And uh, going through a stagnant period. Uh, Hang this up, baby. <laughs> Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to buy everything you wanted for Christmas at one place, one store, would you do it or just let it slip? Yo, 
His time is short, knees weak, bags are heavy. He knows that he's said he's in big debt already. He's nervous, but his purpose at J.C. Penney is to secretly shop and shop without letting them know he didn't go with the rest of the crowd and travel around east, west, north, and south. He hides the receipts so they won't find out. He got everyone covered without milling around. The clocks run out, time's up, overflow. One place, one locality keeps his mentality, spends all his salary broke. But he's glad that he won't be traveling, won't be battling that damn freeway. No, he won't have it. His holiday habit to shop and us snapping and half a gift wrap. The time wasted trap. Forget all that crap. You're in the same boat. Don't matter. There's hope. Just stay in one store. Easy yo. When you're home, then you'll know it wasn't fantasy. No, it wasn't fantasy. Yo, it was that easy. One stop shopping. You better choose a place to go shop in the moment. Nine nineteen at five sixty WQM. Happy Friday to you. Happy Chinooka and all the other uh, stuff that we're going through now. Matter of fact, like from right now all the way through the end of the year, it's basically like just one yeah. one big holiday, and that's the way we approach it on this show. All the holidays, all the time. I'll tell you who I blame for the beast uh, not butching up on the air yesterday. I blame Carlos for that. What? Yeah, I blame you for it. You should have been there. Now you were like uh, he invited you to be like you know the equal partner in the show, which makes sense to me. Right. And you should have, like, forced him to, like, uh, you know, spill the beans. Oh, you should have, you, know, you should have heard what was going on between, between, uh, segments. Off the air! Yeah, I was trying Not, to convince well, him. Who cares about it? The audience can't hear what's going on off the air. You should have done it on the air. He was really worried that something was gonna happen. Like what? Like, uh, off the hurricanes. What a, what a little pussy, man. I'm gonna tell you. For a guy that weighs 600 pounds, this man is the, the worst pussy I've ever seen in my life! Scared of his own shadow, and believe me, when you got a shadow that casts that big, maybe he's got a good reason. Good golly. Grow a little pair, will you please? Bin Laden tape a fake, Swiss Lab says. The latest audio tape statement attributed to accused terrorist mastermind Osama Yamama Bin Laden is not authentic, a Swiss research institute says. The huh. Swiss-based Dalamol Institute for Perceptual Artificial Intelligence said it's 95% certain the tape does not feature the voice of the long-absent terrorist leader. The review of the tape was commissioned by France 2 Television, and its findings were presented by the Institute's Professor Hervé Boulard, no relation to harness driver Hervé Fillon, in a special TV report shown late last night. He said the Institute compared the voice on the tape first aired two weeks ago on Al Jazeera, an Arabic TV network, with some 20 early recordings of Bin Laden, and they say 95% sure it is not him. U.S. experts maintain the tape will likely never be fully authenticated because its poor quality defies complete analyzation by even the most sophisticated voice print technology. But U.S. experts who have heard it generally support the conclusion by U.S. law enforcement officials that it is him. So I guess what we conclude with is one of two things. Either it's him or it's not. 50-50. Yeah, like we said, either he's alive or he's not. Either he's in Afghanistan or he's not. Pretty uh, sad, pretty weak. Our poll question today is inspired by a big article in the uh, Toronto Star yesterday. Author says, uh, author's picture of Bush is anything but moronic. He says the president is not a moron, he's sociopathic. It's a great article, which I'll get to eventually. Here's our poll question today. 
Which of these best describes President George W. Bush? We'll give you choices all the way across the spectrum. We don't want to load it up here one uh, thing. Which of these best describes George W. Bush? Moron, great leader, idiot, mediocre, okay, or dangerous? Those are your choices, okay? Yeah, I blame you, Carlos. You should have butched him up. Sorry. So you're saying that in between during the breaks he was like wimping out? I was I was asking him why and come on. And no, no, you know. see, you shouldn't be asking him. You should have been telling him, come on, you spice up the show. Give the audience something exciting and interesting here that they're looking for. And he also wanted to keep the show light. <laughs> Lame excuse. Lame excuse, okay? That man ain't going to be doing this show again ever again unless he just he promises next time to butch up just a little bit. A couple of notches. What's this call we got here on two? Is it from anywhere we know? Hello? Good morning, Neil. How are you today? Okay, sir. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to talk a little bit about yesterday in Kenya, because what we don't do and we don't go after Osama, your mama, if he's still alive, uh, I think he made a big mistake, or Al-Qaeda, when he went after the Israelis, because uh, the Israelis, no matter how many years it took, they finally got all of the guys from Munich, so uh, if somebody wants to do something, I guess it'll finally have to be the Israelis to get this guy. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and have a great day. Don't get me started with the Israelis, okay? Don't get me started with the Israelis. The fact that Sharon won in the election the other day, uh, uh, the Likud party election, the fact that he won and we have to be happy about that because he's the buffer against the BB brain Netanyahu, that's a pretty sad commentary, okay? I happen to be one of those people who's getting real sick and tired of the future of the whole world having to rest on between the Arabs and the Jews, the crazy Jews and the crazy Arabs, the fanatical elements in both, okay? Get rid of those goddamn settlements there, quit uh, being more militant about it, and quit with the goddamn suicide bombers and let the world keep spinning around. Because the fact is that most civilized people around the rest of the world don't give a flying crap. Am I right about that or what? We don't care. We don't care. We care about ball games. We don't care about stuff like that. Just want to watch oh. football. That's all we care about, and Jim Sarney will be more than happy to tell you that, too. WDJA sports programs grow, he writes today, in a scum sentinel. Poll is up. Five say moron, four say dangerous, two great leader, two say idiot, one says okay, and nobody says mediocre about George W. The poll is up. It's ready for you. Jim Sarney writes, you know, it just it makes me want to Scream! Scream! Savvy sports radio listeners who travel across Broward and Palm Beach counties keep a button set on 8.50 a.m. Savvy sports radio listeners. If ever there was an oxymoron, that was it. Savvy sports radio listeners, as in like that. <laughs> Along with being the Palm Beach County affiliate for the Dolphins and Marlins, WDJA carries the jock exchange with Jeff DeForest weekday afternoons as well as FSU football and ESPN programming weekends and late nights. And there's more on the way. All right. Let's have a 100 sports stations and see how many can fail. Let's bring back the fan. What do you say? No. Let's see if we can find uh, Fox's uh, sports radio, find their numbers. Can we find them no. with a magnifying glass? He says WDJA is constructing a new broadcast tower, which will blast out 50,000 watts and expand the signal dramatically, along with new studios in Fort Lauderdale. When everything is ready early next year, expect WDJA to be major player in the sports radio scene. You can just see Greg right now doing a green apple quick step. We've got some big stuff in the works, said Steve Lappa, the general manager of James Crystal Radio, which owns six stations in South Florida. WDJA is going to be a very cool station, he said. 
Laffa isn't ready to divulge his deals, but there likely will be more sports talk and possibly a major franchise. Woo! Are you Watch shocked out. or what? Are we are we crapping in our pants? We're scared, fifty thousand watts of crap is still crap. Yeah, we already got fifty thousand watts on nine forty, right in the middle of the dial. They can't break a one share, Jim. WQAM has a monopoly on the local teams, but has trouble keeping everyone, the Dolphins, Marlins, Panthers, and U of M happy. There are too many overlapping games that have to be farmed out. The heat, meanwhile, seems lost in WYOD, a news station. Someone will jump aboard, said one radio insider. WFTL, another station in the Crystal Empire, <laughs> is also part of the sports plans. Right now, it carries the Jock Exchange along with the University of Florida football and basketball games and some Fox Sports Radio program. He left out the Norma Kent show off his list there. Shame on you, Jim. You sad old ugly sack. Just what we need is another hundred sports stations so people can call in and analyze yesterday's game. Maple Leafs at Philadelphia, by the way, one o'clock this afternoon. Oh! Don't let me forget. No problem. 927 at 560 WQAM. I'll tell you something that's great for you. In fact, I smeared some olive oil on my feet last night, you know? Just one of them things. I got olive oil in the house and it's always good, especially if you're diabetic, keep your feet in good shape. That's one of the many miracles that olive oil can do for your body. It's so good for your skin. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of the purest olive oil on the face of the globe combined with other good stuff, vitamins, minerals, herbals, other nutrients, and they're all scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions to help you support specific health needs. Look for Oleomed's three new formulas, which are sleep, weight management, and CoQ10, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. Oleomed's an outstanding product that's available at Publix, Eckerd's, and Walgreens. For more information, call them toll-free at 1-866-OLEOMED. That's one 653 You can also order their products online, if you like, at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and buy an Oleomed product and data browser, you can still get that coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll <laughs> while supplies last. Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing home games, too. Pick up your free Oleomed samples and product information, and for your good health, start popping some Oleomed in your fat puss today. <laughs> Uh, Ohio State was worried about that, and uh, I think uh, one of the teams out uh, out west was worried about that too, about uh, the Rose Bowl game, uh-huh. them not being able to attend, even though they're the Big Ten champs or whatever. Oh, because of the BCS bowl commitments. Well, uh, yeah, right. Uh, Notre Dame being an independent gets so many points for. Yeah. Being like that, and so does Texas as far as that, mm-hmm. they're concerned in their conference. Ted, uh, four finalists for your award. Michael Correct. Haynes from Penn State, Corey Correct. Redding from Texas, and Terrell Suggs from Arizona State, and uh, Jerome McDougall from the U of M. Correct. Have you seen these guys? Uh, I've seen uh, two of them. Uh-huh. And the other ones I've heard things about. Yeah. I- I've heard things about Suggs. Uh I know uh, you've seen McDougal. What about him? Uh, he's definitely up there in the, uh, in the top of the defensive ends. And uh, I've uh, spoken to a lot of uh, professional scouts, too. And, uh, you know, being from Miami, I said, I don't want, you know, uh, they might think it's politically unjust that uh, the school that I went to, I choose they, uh, I don't choose the person. They vote on him, and uh, he wins it. But uh, they say that he's uh, well qualified for being for winning that honor. When will they make the presentation, Ted? Uh, they haven't decided that yet. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got to pick out a spot, and it should be. We should know that in the next week. Okay. Hey, um, 
I'm, I'm going out to Oakland tomorrow. Yeah, you told me that. Are you going to be out there this weekend? <laughs> no, I won't. Oh. I'm in Tampa right now, and I'm uh, doing a fishing tournament out here. I see. Well, I talked to the boss yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, you, you said you were going to have an interview with him. Yeah, well, it's Saturday afternoon. We're going to do it at 1 o'clock. Correct. He's got my whole weekend itinerary planned for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are both both on the same day. That's right. We have the same birthday. That's right. We sat together at uh, his birthday party a couple of years right. ago. What a great party that was. Yes, it was. But, um, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting about the Raiders was, and Madden made the comment on the uh, – on the Monday night telecast that they just decided that they're not going to bother running the football because they can't seem to win that way. And, you know, they went from averaging 40 points a game to 16 points a game. So they've just put the ball back in Gannon's hands. What's your reaction to that? My reaction to that is you should go with what's going good for you. Uh huh. And, uh, it, uh, I get upset because they, they move the ball all the way down the field, and they seem like they can't get it inside. When they get inside the 20, they end up with three points instead of seven. Yeah. And uh, that hurt them in the, uh, the last two, not the last game, but the two games before that. Right. Uh, San Francisco, they couldn't get off the, the defense, couldn't get off yeah. the field. And uh, the other complaint I had is that uh, uh, they take out the best running back we have when they get inside the 20. And put in the, the substitutes that haven't been in there all game. Friday, you bastard! The holiday season. Everyone loves Christmas carols. But until now, no one has ever written holiday songs about that other big holiday this time of year. That's why I said, until now. Introducing Hanukkah carols on CD. Hanukkah is always right at Christmas. This ain't something new. Hanukkah Carols on CD spins like a cradle as it gives you hours and hours of holiday music to get you into the other spirit of the season. On the eighth day of Hanukkah, my mama gave to me eight pounds chopped liver, seven slabs of corned beef, six potato lockers, five years of guilt. If you're tired of the old traditional songs of the holidays, here's a whole new tradition you'll get tired of almost before you know it. You better buy gifts and get them on sale. You know how we hate to pay retail. Hanukkah is coming to town. Hanukkah Carol's on CD. It's the holiday collection you just can't uh, pass over. 933 at 560. Happy Chinooka from all our staff from the Jew crew and the Spix 2 at QAM. That's basically all we got, isn't it? We got Jews and Spix? Pretty much. And then we got a couple of sources just like tokens, you know. Speaking of that, boy, that Deion Sanders, the performance at halftime yesterday in the Patriot Lions game, his performance was like a sitting, walking, uh, ad for uh, racism. I mean, talk about an ugly stereotype. His performance was so gruesome and so grotesque, only outdone by the fact that Greg Gumbel and, uh, who, Phil Sims. Between the two of them, they wouldn't know an incompleted pass if you stuffed the football up their ass. Maybe too much turkey and cranberries, you know? And eggnog. Oh, it's intercepted! Whoa, that's a key interception. In the meantime, the referee, see, when the official is standing there waving his arms frantically, usually, guys, that means it's incomplete, you assholes. And when Vinatieri comes out on fourth down, get ready to kick the field goal, usually that means the Patriots still have possession. They're about to put three more on the board, you idiots. Oh, I think Belichick pulled one off there. They got the field goal team out there and kicked the field. Uh-oh, well, look at the replay. See that? He never had it. Oh. Greg Gumbel, man. He must, he's got to have naked pictures of somebody. Maybe his brother and um, Katie Couric or something. You think? Got to have. I mean, he is a mumbler, boring, terminal coma-inducing. 
Daughter denies Jaja in coma. Do you see this story about Jaja Gabor? Yeah, she's in the hospital. Well, and I see that's pretty noncommittal, too. Do you think she's in a coma or not? Do I think she's in a coma? Well, the original story said she was in a coma after she had a car wreck. That's what I heard. I heard she was in a coma. Well, the relatives say, uh-uh. Actress Jaja Gabor yesterday was recovering at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in L.A. a day after the car she was riding in slammed into a light pole at Sunset Boulevard, authorities said. I wonder if Gloria Swanson was there on Sunset Boulevard, do you think? Could be. Or at least her body may have been laying out there on the street. Sergeant Bruce Thomas of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department said the actress, 85, was in a coma, but Gabor's daughter disputed that. She said, uh-uh. She was never in a coma, said Constance Francesca Hilton. She's going to be just fine. She has a broken arm. She may have hit her head a little bit, and of course, how could you tell? Thomas said Gabor was not wearing a seatbelt when the accident happened. She was not wearing her seatbelts, and so she sustained upper body trauma, possibly also head injuries, he said. Anytime a vehicle strikes a fixed object and you're thrown in the vehicle, just another lesson why you should wear your seatbelts. You wear your seatbelt? Yep. Liar. I do. You don't wear your seatbelt. Why don't, like I said, why are you guys so reluctant to butch up? You don't wear your seatbelt. I do wear my seatbelt. Bullcrap. I do. How about Miguel? Do you wear a seatbelt? Never. <laughs> Good. Good for you. Neither do I. Sick and tired of hearing all these people make up stories. The politically correct, goody two-shoes. I never do nothing wrong. Never pick my nose. Uh, right. Never pick right the elevator. Uh, Carlos is the kind the of guy. Carlos is the kind of guy who would be in a crowded elevator, fart real bad. Everybody give him a dirty look and he'd say the dog done it. The only problem there's no dog on the elevator. Hilton insisted her mother was wearing a seatbelt. She said, "See, I'm trying to butch you up a little bit, so next time you're on there with anybody else, you'd like uh, try to pass it along a little." Got it. Appreciate that it. That performance yesterday that you thought was so outstanding, it could have been a hell of a lot better if he. And, and oh, I didn't tell the audience this part. I wake up yesterday about 20 after 8. I actually got a chance to sleep in late. It's a nice day off. It's Thanksgiving, even though it's not up here. And then I come moseying in here about 20 till 9. And I sat down to look at the poll result and also check out the newspaper, see if the world was still spinning around. And when any time I come in here and sit down, very often I'll, you know, just pot up the station to see if we're still on the air. And I hear all of this assorted. You know, I wanted to see what this morning abortion was that we had going yesterday, but I couldn't hear it because over it was uh, the beast playing bits and listening to that, which I could understand that. And then I hear, Neil, Neil, if you're there, Neil. And it's Carlos frantically, uh, oh, should we leave the pot open in case you want to drop some stuff in here today? And I thought, I thought to myself, is this kid an asshole or what, huh? Seriously, I mean, like I'm going to sit here on my day off, I got nothing better to do than, like, even sitting and picking my nose in the living room would be more entertaining than sitting in here, like, on a day off. You got to understand it, mister. You, you still don't get it. Neither does a big part of this audience get it. The paycheck, even though your, yours may be pretty puny in your check, too, that's what it's all about. I keep trying to tell you that. That's what it's all about. The paycheck. Take the money and run. This idea, the glamour of radio and the glamour of, uh, it's a bunch of crap, okay? You hear the promos that, I mean, the rejoins were still running? Like that one we just had for the Mad Dog? That's been running since before, uh, uh, uh Mary got pregnant. That's how old that thing is. You think that maybe now when the holidays are over, we might kind of like clean some of this stuff up? Just like that thing on our website where it's got the news from before uh, George Washington chopped down the cherry tree? Here's some news. Neil turns 59. Of course, that was last year. We don't want to start picking on Eric, do we? Chuck is saying, yeah. Yeah, well, so you, we can't hear you nodding your head. Say it. Say yes, it. damn it. Grow up here. That's it. Yes, pick on him. That website is more outdated than goddamn uh, the Pilgrims. 
I thought that was a pretty good story I had Wednesday about the fact that the first Thanksgiving was in Florida. I thought that was great. I about had no we idea. had something good going for us. Here's a call from Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Pretty good. Listen, uh, on that uh, George Bush thing, do you have asshole on it? No, that would have been good. Yeah, man. He is an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that, now, man, where, where, where does that where does that stand as compared to moron or idiot? Is it like a little bit lower on the food it's, chain? It's in a, no, it's in the higher. He's, uh, it's 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 worse to be an it's worse to be an asshole than an idiot because you you know better, but you still are an asshole. He's an asshole. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, we'll take another uh, consideration. Man. We want to we don't want to overwork Eric there and have to add any categories on this. It's uh, blowing cold down here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how how cold is it up there? It's about the 28. And there was no turkey day over there, right? They they have it earlier. They had it in October. So what do you do? What do you do? You yeah, sit around you and you do? watch the football games. You go out and have lunch. And I, I noticed that for the tourists, I guess, for the Americans here, they had a couple of places had turkey dinner specials yesterday for Thanksgiving. I didn't have no turkey. Why? You don't like where's, it? Where is it written? First of all, turkey is tasteless. Let's Why? face it. Well, it depends Tur- how you cook it. Well, no, it depends on what you put on it, not how you. Yeah, well, yeah, if you got, if you well, got a juicy, juicy bird, you get, you get the, you get the skin, you peel it back, you put a couple bacon uh, strips in there, and inside the cavity, you put some. That's lemon what I did yesterday. I got a hold of the skin and peeled it back. Twenty till ten at five sixty. As far as the cavity part, Rectum. I'll leave that to somebody else. Twenty till ten at five sixty. <laughs> WQAM. Hey, big things going with George, even though he's on vacation this week. Now, how did Treasure Island go Wednesday? I would think that this would have been a pretty weak week. It was great. Was it really? Yeah. Because you didn't have any special uh, slut, I mean, uh, a guest star, and it was the night before Thanksgiving. You had a good turnout? It's a good turnout. It's always good. Well, and join George tomorrow. Even though he's on vacation, he's still working his little ass off. Oh, and I love the way, uh, somebody tell Mo that George hasn't been here all week long. Every day, Hagador and uh, having his Christmas, his Thanksgiving dinner in the phone booth. What does that mean, anyway? I have no idea. I haven't got the foggiest idea. I don't think about that no more. Join George tomorrow, 11 to 1 at Bill Seidel's uh, Boulevard of Savings on Northwest 36th Street, just west of 27th Avenue. Stop by to win prizes. Enjoy free food from Atlantic City subs where the bread and Ira make the difference. Okay? We'll have some of our crappy, embarrassing QM prizes. Maybe even Doreen the Queen will be there. Are you going to be there with George? George goes by himself. George goes by himself. Little. I would thought that you'd go there because that's uh, your people. N- nah. No? Nah. Northwest 36th Street, just west of 27th Avenue. Whose people is that in that area? Well, it's my so, people, but he can handle it by himself. I see. He speaks the right language. Right. 941 at 560 WQM. It's going to be a great Friday. I'm trying to butch these people up a little bit and get that blood flowing a little, okay? It's nice and cool down there, they're telling me. you got a nice breeze between your knees. It's freezing up here. Which so, I enjoy it. I'm not just saying that for the hell of it. I thought maybe I'd uh, get aggravated with this. I like it. As long as it's not like real windy and too much blowing going on, uh, it's pretty damn good. 19 till 10 at 560 WQM. New Balance has done it again. Just as that big Thanksgiving meal made you sit down to relax and stuff yourself, New Balance of South Florida wants you up on your feet again to head in for the big after Thanksgiving sale. This is absolutely the time to talk turkey at New Balance. See, they've been putting thousands of people into the most comfortable shoes they ever had on their feet, including me, with those great walking shoes. And now it's your turn. And the good folks at New Balance are going to help you with 15% off on their entire stock, 
plus up to 50% off on selected styles. What does that mean to you, dummy? Obviously, gigantic savings. New Balance is stuffing you with savings on all your athletic and footwear needs, like shoes for cross-training, running, walking, or lifting weights. New Balance wants you to gobble up shoes for any of your weekend warrior activities. Make the pilgrimage to New Balance for the big after-Thanksgiving sale with 15% off style sizes and widths of shoes that you used to have to shop for in catalogs or by mail order. New Balance is your one-stop shop. They'll even special order for you, no extra charge. New Balance has got sizes from infant to size 20, so there are no excuses to keep you away from the big after-Thanksgiving sale going on right now. And you can get all the trimmings, too, like New Balance athletic shorts, shirts, and all styles of athletic socks, too. You'll find New Balance in the Aventura Mall, Pinecrest, Boca Town Center, and their newest location in Palm Beach Gardens will be open in December. 15 to 50% off. The other stores are turkeys compared to the price, service, and selection you'll find right now at New Balance of South Florida. Live, Live and local. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. And I'm going to mark off the number of guys that get into an NFL camp. When all is said and done, half that roster might end up at least getting a cup of coffee in the NFL well, you know, once they're all through school in four years. That would be one of the most frightening teams in the history of the sport. Yeah, Mike, uh, what do you think is going to happen with the Heisman? It, it, it is tough. I come back to this. When we talk about, oh, let's say, uh, let's go back to Steve McNair a couple years ago. Uh, God's more than a couple years ago now. When Steve McNair was doing it, we said, oh, look at his stats. Boy, you know, his stats are inflated because of who he's playing, who he's playing against. At the end of the day, Steve McNair is a very good quarterback. Sometimes when guys get high numbers because of who they play or the system they play in, like Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, yeah. you say, that's ah, the system, don't, don't pay attention to the numbers, the numbers lie. So now you get a kid like Dorsey whose numbers aren't as gaudy because he's got so many people around him, but all he does is win. And he's as successful a quarterback in terms of wins and losses as there's ever been in this sport. And now you want to downgrade him because his stats aren't as sexy as some of the other guys. And if you just look at the stats, you don't know that of his eight interceptions, five were faults of the receivers somehow, some way. Only three are on him this year. Um, as you can tell, unless Kenny really lays an egg in any one of these next three games, that's who I'm voting first. You know, I, I went through a period this year where I was waffling on that a little bit, Mike, and then, and then I looked at what he does when the game's on the line. And somehow... He makes the plays, you know, in the last two minutes of a game is when he seems to be at his best. He, so I don't know if he gets lazy in the course of a game or uh, whatever, but he starts off great, and then in the last two minutes of the half, the last two minutes of a ball game, or the last five minutes of a ball game, when they need him, he delivers. Who, who, who does that remind you of in the NFL, Brett Favre? Yeah, a little bit. I'm not saying that he's like Brett Favre. <laughs> no, anyway, I know what you mean. Except around, around the, the time when the tempo set, the start of the game, the period before halftime, Coming out of the half and end of a close game, the guy always delivers. He's thrown one interception on third down in his entire career. That's frightening. Those, yeah. are, those are frightening numbers. I, I know McGahee's a special player. I think if Frank Gore is healthy and in there, he may not have the numbers McGahee has, but he's not too far behind. I think if Ken Dorsey is not the quarterback of this team, they might not be undefeated. Because he does so many leadership things that you never see. And if you're telling me that it's a combination of the A-Rod MVP argument, that it's the best player, the outstanding player, football's the ultimate team game, so you have to take intangibles into consideration. Right now, he's at the head of my list. There's still a bit of the season to play out, but it would have to be a real big egg that he would lay for me not to put him first. Who's coming on? 
I guess the running back from Colorado is the one I keep hearing. Brown's been yeah. fabulous. I'll tell you what, if Kingsbury at Texas Tech, their quarterback, he was great against Texas. Yeah. And Texas has some good people. You know, Chris Sims is probably getting blamed in Austin for the loss to Texas Tech. Chris Sims didn't allow over 30, 30 points. Didn't allow Texas Tech to score 40 points. Um, Kingsbury's coming on. Uh, most people talk Friday, you bastard. In Miami, Florida, here's what's happening today just for you. Your community-minded station, 560 WQAF, wants you to know what's happening all week long, right here in Miami. Starting this Saturday, the Retard Parade, sponsored and led by the Miami City Commissioners. Then become a sacrifice at Calle Ocho, as angry Cubans offer you what the Chupahabra. The Laugh at the Homeless Tour, featuring misery, starvation, and other maladies under the 395 overpass. Buses leave at 9 a.m. from the burnout section of Liberty City. Don't miss the Miami-Dade Police Bravo Fest benefit and the grand opening of the new Smack Addict Methadone Center. All this and more in the bedroom town of the world. It's great to be in Miami. All right. It's 947 at 560 WQM. I lied. I made a mistake anyway. Liar. Currently, uh, snow pellets in 34. On our way to Ohio, 43 today. Oh! But it's going to be like kind of like uh, murky all day. That's okay. Don't bother me. And for you uh, dolphin people out there, because the, the forecast here is not that much different from Buffalo. Right. Sunday, minus 3 is going to be the high, which is like 26 with snow. I don't want you to get nervous about the weather conditions, because that's always a very convenient excuse. And they borrowed the snowplow from uh, Boston, by the way. They, they uh, shipped it across, just in case they might need it on Sunday in Buffalo. Author's picture of Bush is anything but moronic. This is what inspired me for today's pool. We've done similar ones before, but I figure with this all this moron controversy going on and that uh, Francois Ducro had to resign up here. Dark overtones in his malapropisms. President proud of his own inflexibility. This is from the Toronto Star. When Mark Crispin Miller first set out to write Dyslexicon, Observations on a National Disorder, about the ever-growing catalog of President George W. Bush's verbal gaffes, he meant it for a laugh. But when he came to realize, it wasn't entirely amusing. Since the 2000 presidential campaign, Miller's been compiling his own collection of Bushisms, which have revealed, he says, a disquieting truth about what lurks behind the cockeyed leer of the leader of the free world. Don't you love that expression, the cockeyed leer? Cockeyed? He's not a moron at all. On that point, Miller and Prime Minister Jean Chrétien agree, but according to Miller, he's no friend. I did initially intend it to be a funny book, but that was before I had a chance to read through all the transcripts, Miller, an American author and professor of culture and communications at New York University, said recently in Toronto, eh? Bush is not an imbecile. He's not a puppet. I think that Bush is a sociopathic personality. I think he's incapable of empathy. He has an inordinate sense of his own entitlement, and he's a very skilled manipulator. And in all the snickering about his alleged idiocy, this is what a lot of people miss. Miller's judgment that the president might suffer from a bona fide personality disorder almost makes one long for the less menacing notion currently making the rounds that the White House's current occupant is, in fact, simply an idiot. If only. Miller's rendering of the president is bleaker than that. In studying British or Bush's various adventures in oration, he started to see a pattern emerging. He has no trouble speaking off the cuff when he's speaking punitively, when he's talking about violence, when he's talking about revenge. When he struts and thumps his chest, his syntax and grammar are fine, Miller said. It's only when he leaps into the wild blue yonder of compassion or idealism or altruism that he makes these hilarious mistakes. 
While Miller's book has been praised for its eloquence and playful use of language, it has enraged Bush supporters. What a surprise. Bush's ascent in the eyes of many Americans, his approval rating hovers at near 80%, was the direct result of tough talk following the 9-11 terrorist attacks. In those speeches, Bush stumbled not at all. His language of retribution was clear. It was a sharp contrast to the pre-9-11 George W. Bush, even before the Supreme Court in 2001 had to intervene and rule on recounts in Florida after that contentious presidential election, a core of journalists were salivating at the prospect. A bafflingly inarticulate man in a position of power not seen since Vice President Dan Quayle wrote shotgun on George H.W. Bush's one term in office. But equating Bush's malapropisms with Quayle's inability to spell potato is a dangerous assumption, Miller says. At a public address in Nashville, Tennessee in September, Bush provided one of his most memorable stumbles. Trying to give strength to his case that Saddam Hussein had already deceived the West concerning his store of weapons, Bush was scripted and offered an old saying, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. What came out was the following. Fool me once, shame, shame on you. Long, uncomfortable pause. Fool me, can't get fooled again. Clay for laughs everywhere. Miller saw a darkness underlying the gaffe. There's an episode of Happy Days where the Fonz has to say, I'm sorry and can't do it. Same thing, Miller said. What's revealing about this is that Bush could not say shame on me to save his life. That's a completely alien idea to him. This is a guy who's absolutely proud of his own inflexibility and rectitude. Rectitude? Rectum! If what Miller says is true, and it would take more than just observations to prove it, then Bush has achieved an astounding goal. By stumbling blithely along, he's been able to push his image as just folks, a normal guy who screws up just like the rest of us. This, in fact, is a central cog in his image-making machine, Miller says, portraying the wealthy Sion of one of America's most powerful families as a regular and perfect Joe. Sion, Sion. You know how to pronounce that word? No. no. I always get it wrong. But the, deple- the, the depiction, Miller says, is also remarkable for what it hides. Imperfect, yes, but also detached, wealthy, and unable to identify with the folks he's designed, uh, designed to appeal to. An example, Miller says, surfaced early in his presidential tenure. I know how hard it is to put food on your family, Bush was quoted as saying. This wasn't because he's so stupid he doesn't know how to say put food on your family's table. It's because he doesn't care about people who can't put food on the table, Miller says. So when Bush is envisioning a four-handed, foreign-handed foreign policy or observes on some point that it's not the way that America's all about, Miller contends it's because he can't keep his focus on things that mean nothing to him. When he tries to talk about what this country stands for or what the, the democracy is all about, he can't do what he said. This, then, is why he's so closely watched by his handlers, Miller says, not because he'll say something stupid, but because he'll overindulge in the language of violence and punishment in which he excels. He's a very angry guy, a hostile guy. He's much like Nixon. So they're very, very careful to choreograph every move he makes. They don't want him anywhere near protesters because he'd lose his temper. Miller, without question, is a man with a mission, and laughter isn't it. I call him the feel-bad president because he's all about punishment and death. He said it would be a grave mistake to just play him for laughs. <laughs> Is what he says. So there you go. There's one version. He's a sociopath, says this guy. How's the poll coming? Going to be a pretty weak response today. It's the day after Thanksgiving and Shopping Day. 76 votes is all we got so far. Which of these best describes President George W. Bush? Like I said, 78 votes. Dangerous 23. Great leader 20. Moron 15. Okay, 9. Okay. Mediocre 6. And idiot 5. So let's see, 25.6% say great leader, and the rest of them have got uh, something less flattering to say about El Presidente. Here's a call from Pompano. Hello. Hey, okay. What's going on, Neil? Happy holidays to you. And same to you. Um, three quick things, two of them about the beast, one of them about Bush. 
Regarding the beast, I got something positive and something negative to say. Okay. Okay. The positive thing is I give the guy a lot of credit because I was in radio when I was younger and I saw what garbage you have to go through to get a career in radio. So if the kid's sticking by his guns and trying to make the best of it, I give him a lot of credit for that. I really do. He didn't sound that bad yesterday, but the bad thing was he wasn't prepared. I mean, <laughs> no, well, here's the well, thing. Wait a minute. You said he, he didn't sound that bad, but then you say he wasn't prepared? I, he, he got better as the show went along. I listened yeah. to about two and a half hours of it, three hours of it while I was puttering around. But the thing is, it's the first thing out of his mouth is, he's on an all-sports show, and the first thing out of his mouth is, no sports, no hurricanes. Well, we don't know anything about the guy. I mean, at least somebody calls up and talks to you, you can say, oh, this guy's gay, or this guy's liberal, or this guy's this, or this, that. you got something to base it on. Mm -hmm. we, we know that the guy is um, a sports person. We know he's a University of Miami guy. Well, what, what are you going to talk to him? Uh, what are you going to talk to him about? Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So, yeah, there, there were there were too many no nos. I think on there yesterday. I just, I just heard the first few minutes, and then again toward the end, I heard another five or ten minutes. But uh, too many exclusions, and then he expects like the callers to like uh, lead the show, which is always a bad mistake. Right, and I, I give him credit for. I actually give the guy credit. For I give him a lot of credit for uh, being a pussy. No, well, no. Let me say this about what is his comments about not wanting to talk about Mo. The guy's absolutely correct in the fact that they can't fire Neil Rogers because Neil Rogers is 50% of the advertising revenue or whatever it might be. They fire him. I mean, he makes a comment about Mo. He's out the door. No, no, he's not. Uh, well, well, now, listen, do you really believe that if anybody else at this radio station, he's already been canned off of that show. But do you believe that if anybody else on the station makes a comment about that show who doesn't work on that show, that they're going to get canned? That's bullcrap. Okay, well, what, what, what if he were to make a comment about Greg Reed or about anybody else in management there? Well, or Greg Reed, that might, be going, that. that might be pushing it a little bit too far at this point. Right, okay, so that's the thing. So, I mean, I, like I say, I give him some credit and I give him some criticism there because when he, you know, when he's saying, well, you know, we're not going to talk about sports, well, except for Neil and George, it's a sports show. I mean, not that I would have called and talked to him about sports, but, you know, that was that. Now, regarding our, our, our El Presidente, you occasionally hear the phrase that when he was at Yale University, he received a gentleman's C. Right. Okay? Do you know what a gentleman said? I'm going to be honest. This is serious. You know what a gentleman's C actually is? Go ahead. Okay. When you go to Yale, I'm from Connecticut originally. George's grandfather was Prescott Bush, who was a governor of Yale. Right. His father obviously went to Yale. So he comes along, it's like Animal House. He's a legacy. He's got to be admitted. Right. And when they get him in there, they realize what a screw-up he is. They cannot let him go. They cannot boot him out of the university because the Bush family was sticking so much money in and contributions. So basically they said to him, keep your nose clean, don't get in trouble, go to class once in a while, and we'll pass you through. Too bad he didn't keep his nose clean. Well, right. But the thing is, with the Ivy League schools... I mean, I'm from New Haven, which is right where Yale is. They don't want to admit that they made a mistake by admitting somebody that's not yeah. up to their standards. They just they just shove those guys on through. Well, yeah, I you can't. I gotta, I gotta run. Okay, take take these. Have a good holiday. Bye bye. You too. Nine fifty seven at five sixty WQM. Speaking of Pompano, Monday racing is back at Pompano Harness. Pompano is now now open for live harness racing four nights a week: Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, like tonight and Saturday. First post time 7:15 in the p.m. Free general parking, free clubhouse, free grandstand admission every afternoon and evening. And of course, if Monday night racing is back at Pompano Park, there's got to be a free spaghetti night coming up Oy. at the track. How about this Monday, December 2th? With every Pompano Park program purchased this Monday after 6 p.m., you get you a coupon good for a free spaghetti dinner on the fourth floor players' lounge. <laughs> Life doesn't get better than that. Bring your own uh, glass. 
And this Saturday, November 30th, tomorrow night is Family Fun Night with free prize drawings for adults, free mini horse rides, popcorn, gifts, face painting, and a magic show for kids, all starting at 7 p.m. Come out for a great evening of great horse racing action. Root home a winner from the rail. Treat yourself to a private box seat on the fourth floor. Or enjoy a Ben and uh, Jerry's Hot Fudge Sunday or Slice of Bellotti's Pizza. And don't forget the sixth floor top of the park dining room was open right now with nightly specials and the best seafood steaks and prime rib dinners in town. The Broward County Fair is underway at Pompano Park through December 1st. Make it a doubleheader with a trip to the fair and then a night at the races. Don't forget that every Wednesday at the track is dollar night. You can get you a draft beer, hot dog, soda, large pretzel, or popcorn, only a buck a piece. There's also a great all-you-can-eat buffet every racing night on the fourth for Players Lounge, only ten ninety five per person. And, of course, as always, Pompano Park is open every day, seven days a week. Full card simulcasting starting at noon with high lie harness and thoroughbred racing action. But don't forget the big news. Monday racing is back. Free spaghetti dinner is coming Monday night. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, post time, 7.15 at Pompano Harness. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. You know, just show the sign of the character guys we have, um, just anybody's willing to step up and, and take on a, a new role because we've, you know, been changing our guys around so much, it's almost hard to keep track of some of the guys. Uh, we have a few guys on defense who've been here for 10 days and all of a sudden they're thrown in for uh, in the starting role. So, you know, it's somewhere, it, it happens to every team. It's, it's how you deal with it and how you react to, to the adversity that's that depend, makes up your team. So. Well, you're, kind, you're, kind, well so you're kind of a new guy yourself. Did, did it take a little time this year for it all to come together? Is that why you think maybe you got off to the slow start? Um, you know, I think offensively we, we came out slow, and I, I don't think it was until the bye week where we really could sit back and, and see what we were doing wrong and improve on those things. And then we came back and had that great game against Denver and really got our confidence going. I think that's where – we're able to learn from our mistakes, correct them, and then with that Denver game, it was huge for our team's confidence and just getting everybody on the same page. Last year when you guys came down here for the playoff game, you ran all over Miami. As you look at Miami's run defense now, uh, do you see improvement in it or, and, and also in terms of Miami's defense in the game they played against the Jets? What are you in for on Sunday? Well, I think it's definitely going to be a hard-nosed game. You know, um, I'm sure they they're going to be watching the film of how we played them last year and and seeing the different things that we did. So, uh, you know, it's just going to be a battle this weekend. Um, two good teams. They're, you know, probably they're on a little skid right now, so they're looking to get back in into the groove of things. And you know, we're just trying to battle and grind away and continue out through the season. So, uh, I think it'll be a good game. I'm excited to play. All right, be excited to watch you play, Todd. Thanks very much for coming on the show. All the best to you. All right, thank you. Okay, bye bye. You are listening to the best of WQAM. Oh my God, no, you're kidding! Here online at WQAM.com. Can beat defensive backs down the sideline on a simple fly pattern. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what, that that guy is unbelievable. Some of these guys actually, uh, you know, that aren't uh, kickers or you know even quarterbacks get hit, but you know not as much. Some of the guys that play. Uh, you know, positions where you're taking a pounding and they're playing into their middle 30s and late 30s and into their 40s. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. I think that says a lot about someone's character. Well, um, first of all, I, I was really excited for you getting that touchdown on uh, Sunday night. That was one of the uh, few offensive highlights in the game, although you guys were, were moving the ball at times, and it just seemed like, uh, you know, something would happen, a penalty or a sack at, the ba- at a bad time, and, 
uh, you just can't get it going. And I don't have to tell you, you know, 10 points a game isn't going to get it. Yeah, you know, I think as an offense, I just think, you know, we had... Friday, you bastard. Welcome back to this installment of the Mo Howard David. Slap me, will you? Slap me before I have a stroke, will you? Okay. So, why you... What's the big idea? You're cured, Mo. Cured, huh? I'll give you a shot that'll cure you. Now, let's go to the phones. Melrose Park, behind the abandoned panty pride. Hello. Oh, yeah, hi, Mo. Yeah, what do you know? What do you say? I just want to tell you I love your show, man. Why, thank you. And if, have you seen my dead beaver? What dead beaver? The one that's glued to your head. Huh? <laughs> Mr. David, come with us, please. Where the hell are you? We'd be here to insert some wit. Wit? Wit? Why, I'll have you know I once had lunch with wit missile. Hey. Now, what are you doing? Get your hand off me. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. Come along. Who do you think you are? You know who I am. Don't touch me there. Now, remove your pants. Now, remove your pants. Bend them over, Binky. Yes, Wrap them down. Not too tight. Not too tight. Hey, hey, you. What's that? What's that, Lord Black? Oh. What's that? Oh. 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 Say, my brush is tingling. Now I know how that just goes to look. Happy Chinooka, Mo. 1004-560-WQM. You notice how we're getting like uh, one call at a time here and there, spotty? That's good. When you get too many all at once, then it becomes cumbersome, you know? Although I do understand the Beast had a plethora of calls yesterday about that. Now, the women that were calling, they were telling me about all the women who were calling in yesterday. Is he on the phone hocking and trying to quit somebody now, or is he uh, going to do the show with us? I don't know what he's doing. All those women you said, Connor, were they responding to that poll question about short and fat and the bald and et cetera? Is that what that was? Yeah, well, a couple of them were. Yeah. A couple of them were saying that it didn't matter. Like during, this, during the summertime when I'm not here a good part of the time, oh, George gets all of these women calling in, you know? Well, three or four was about right. But, I mean, compared to what we normally get, that's a lot of women. I guarantee you we'll have at least one woman today. Okay, I guarantee you that. 101 votes on the poll. Which of these best describes President George W. Bush? Dangerous, 31. Great leader, 29. <laughs> Moron, 19. Okay, 10. Mediocre, 6. And idiot, 6. We'll have a woman in there before you know it. They're, they're busy. They're out shopping. Don't you understand that? They don't have time to call us today. They're busy shopping. Here's a call from Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I listened to the beast yesterday, and you're right. He should have talked about why he was fired by Howard David, but otherwise he was entertaining. I thought he was great. Good, and, excellent. And there's a reason why you uh, you lose 40% of your audience during the summer. George, he's just unlistenable. <laughs> I will not. You laugh, but I will not. Li hey, you laugh, but I hey, will listen. Not. Take all the time you want. Rip George an ass. Well, you laugh, but I will not listen to him. 
Um, I will listen to you on Tuesday. So, so what do you think? We ought to have the beast on? Absolutely. I thought he was great. And, you know, somebody complained about him not talking about sports. Well, he was trying to appeal to the to the wider audience. Your audience, um, uh, most of them aren't into sports. Right. So well, to... well, we got some sports. We got some right. sports well, over there. But the fact, I understand what you're saying. Sports talk is narrow casting, narrow exactly. casting. Exactly. Instead of appealing to the niche, he was trying to appeal to the larger market and, and, there is some overlap, but I thought he was great and entertaining, and, and I would definitely recommend him as your replacement. Or right, we'll, get, we'll take some calls on that. I mean, there's a good topic for today, George or the Beast. That's good. George is uh, on vacation. Definitely the man. Beast. Okay, thanks. I got you down. You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor George. Not even here to defend himself. Is the Beast here to defend himself today? From a compliment? What, what, no, it's, no, from, uh, some of the rips he got. He got some rips from me, from the other guy that said he was unprepared. He's gonna, you, you think everybody that's gonna call today is gonna say, oh, the beast was sensational yesterday. Or we might get some people say, it was so embarrassing I had to turn it off. It was sophomoric. It was juvenile. Or maybe even it was unprofessional. Uh -oh. How do you like that? <laughs> huh? Unprofessional. I've heard that before about him. I don't want to say where I heard it. Where'd you hear it? Five, six. Five six seven oh five sixty, pound five sixty on the AT and T. First of all, this business, like the last guy, I understand a lot of people don't like George, and there are many reasons not to like George. He's a mumbler, he's an anti-Semite, he's uh, homophobic, even though he denies it. Although that should be pretty popular. Uh, what else? What else? Why else uh, don't the audience like George? Well, according to this fact, you're also an anti-Semite. Yeah, who cares? Oh, you know what that's from? That's a response to that first call, okay? So in yeah. other words, if you don't if you don't agree with everything that Israel does, you're an anti Semite. Bullcrab. That's gotta be from that first guy that called, well, now that Osama messed with Israel, now he'll see, yeah, right. Like the Mossad and every other one of our allies, intelligence haven't been looking for him since nine eleven and even before that. Who the hell are you kidding, sir? Man. Insanity, lunacy. Five six seven oh five sixty. What's your choice, the beast or the uh, or the uh, little one, George? Which little putts do you want here in those summer months? Because it sure ain't going to be anybody else. I'll tell you that. Because if it was any, you know, like we took the poll, Rick and Suds. If they brought in Rick and Suds during the summertime, they'd have to pay them some serious cash. They're not going to do that. You got to be kidding me! And this in this cheap ass outfit, they're not going to go paying them a lot of money to come in and fill in during the summer months. Uh, it would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it would be great, but I don't want to say it would be great because then George may be spying today, you know. He shouldn't be listening today, should he? He says he does it. And I thought he had to go out of town or something for a couple of days. Then I see he was at Treasure Island Wednesday. He's going to be at Bill Seidel's tomorrow. I, you know, I realize that they're not paying him much, but, you know, life is too short. When you get a few days off, go someplace and enjoy it. Get away from that nasty family situation you got there, you know. You don't have to schlep them along with you. Go up and visit with somebody you like, like Ma, <laughs> up there in North Carolina. Here's a call from Boca. Hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Great. Happy T-Day, all that stuff. Back to you. Hey, I was the guy that, I was the first guy that called. If you heard Beast on, uh, yesterday, if you were listening at the beginning of the show, I called. I was at the drive-thru, and I'm the first one that said, hey, are you going to tell us the scoop on Mo Howard Davis? I, I did hear that, yes. And he, you know, reluctantly wouldn't do it. And I said, come on, that's what we want to hear. But I tell you, the weird thing was is that my wife really liked listening to him. She said, man, he was fantastic, and she doesn't normally listen. And, <laughs> you know, he's, so he's appealing to somebody totally different. Yeah. You know, if George is in there with his gloves off and he's not worried about getting fired, and he can say what he wants to say, he's pretty damn good. But 
the same with anybody else. I mean, you can do what you want to do because you're Neil. But these other guys, man, they sound like they're worried and they're scared because of their jobs, and they don't say what they got to say to make it interesting. So what are you saying? I'm saying that they need to take the gloves off and say what they got to say and quit being pussies, like you yeah. said. That, that's that's the deal, man. It, otherwise, it's boring. I don't give a crap how entertaining they claim it was. If a guy isn't going to like uh, lay it right out there, it's uh, boring. You know. Absolutely true. Have a great day. Oh, this is a fax that you were talking about. We don't refer to this person. Don't ever fax me one of these again from this individual. We don't uh, dignify him by mentioning the name. Okay. I thought maybe it was like from a real human being. Here's one that says, please give us an update on the story on Wednesday on the new oldies radio station, 1040 AM, uh, which I thought was moving to 640. Wasn't that the deal? Didn't we give Carlos that assignment on Wednesday on the way home he was supposed to listen on yeah, yesterday? Actually, we, we, we did take a listen. It was the only station to still play Tony Bennett. But were they playing uh, like the other facts you said? I saved that facts. Wait a minute. I still got the facts from Wednesday where he says they play the Eagles and they play uh, Fleetwood Mac and Chicago and the Vogues. That's not the oldies that I was listening to. It was 1040? Yep. Then we were playing like uh, Peggy Lee. So uh, anyway, Tom Jicka, it says... Uh... Uh, verify that Tom Jicka sucks. Well, we can't verify that because evidently Tom Jicka was right for once in his life. So this other guy that was telling me that they play the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac in Chicago in the Vogue's and very refreshing. I don't know what the hell the drugs he's on, but they're playing Frank Sinatra and Peggy Lee and Benny Goodman and uh, Glenn Miller and stuff like that. Am I right? And Tony Bennett. And freaking Tony Bennett, who's older than sawdust. Good golly, Miss Molly. So, so far, I would say the Beast is uh, doing pretty good, wouldn't you? From the 20 or 30 people who were listening yesterday. It's the holidays. What do you expect? We don't, that's why uh, everybody takes off. We know that there's nobody listening to the radio on Thanksgiving just because all the kids are out of school and everybody's off of work. And we have this gigantic potential listening audience out there. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line. How's my good close friend Gary Sarner doing, by the way? Anybody seen him lately? I'm running about. My condolences. The sales guys are here. My condolences to you. Twelve minutes after ten at QM. Guys, you want to have some serious fun? Yes. VIPSportsbook.com. Now that's some serious, serious fun. Bet on football. Bet against the Heat, which ought to be easy money, like taking candy from a baby. Bet hockey, like the Leafs and the Flyers this afternoon. Don't get too optimistic. All you Leaf fans, log on now and see how easy it is to use their site. I bet you they got a great website, Eric. You don't have to be a high roller to play at the best sports book at VIPSportsbook.com. You can bet as little as five bucks. So seriously, have some fun. You may even win some money. At least you'll be treated like a VIP. I still say this is the worst piece of copy in the history of radio, Gary Sarner. You are a putz, man. You're pathetic. You're tragic. You're stealing money from this radio station. All you horse players out there are going to love this. VIPSportsbook.com pays track odds plus 10%. You'd be crazy not to bet the horses there. The VIP online casino is great, too, with blackjack, craps, <coughs> slots with a minimum wager as low as 10 cents. We are now talking about some very serious fun, even for you schleppers out there. It's easy to sign up online. Just go to VIPSportsbook.com or give them a call toll-free at 1-800-VIP-BETS. Sign up now at online and get you that 15% cash bonus. So go on and have some fun with VIPSportsbook.com. And if you contact them by phone, be sure and tell them Gary Sarner's a putz. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Is, is I want it to go up and down the court. We want to run. We want to get out. We want to get layups, early post-ups if we can, uh, early opportunity shots. And then, 
you know, from that point, if we don't have it, then we want to play the game, what we call play the game. It's not a freestyle manner, but also, but in a way that we can go to the strengths of, uh, of our perimeter players. Ira was on earlier, and we were talking about Eddie Jones. And Jones, is he coming around to play the kind of game that Eddie Jones played before he got here? Well, this is, uh, this is, it's, it's almost the same game. Eddie's always been about an 18 to 20 point a game guy. You know, that's, that's who he is. And I think, I think when, when we brought him here, we brought Eddie here and Brian Grant here at a time when we felt that we were going to be the Tim and the Dan Marley and Alonzo Mourning and Anthony Mason and that we took a legitimate shot at it and, and, and shaking the team up and bringing in what I thought were two very good players and they are very good players, uh, that we would have a shot at winning the championship and then the kidney disease basically got into the way of a lot of things. So, uh, Eddie has uh, done a great job. I think, uh, the expectation level for him is is probably a little bit too high on the part of a lot of other people. They want him to be Kobe Bryant. They want him to be Tracy McGrady. He, he isn't that. He's a slashing, jump-shooting, quick player that's averaging 18 a game for us, averaged 19 last year for us, and I can't ask any, anything more from him. Karan Butler has brought some oohs and ahs oh, yeah. even out of you. Yeah, yeah, uh, is, yeah. he a, is he a quick, good learner? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, he's a, little, he's a little slow right now because he called me old-fashioned in the, in the press today. So. Oh. But it was okay. He apologized <laughs> to me. He's smart as mine. <laughs> what did he mean by that? <laughs> well, uh, I, it, was, it was said complimentary. Of course he denied it, but uh, I love him. He's, uh, he's a true warrior. He's a warrior that's learning how to play, you know, and uh, reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Zach Thomas, you know, as a linebacker. You know, he's just like right there. He's going to take all the hits. He's going to get hurt. He's going to come right back, and he's learning. So I think we have a good one there. I think we just got to let him keep playing and playing and playing, and I think in a year or two, it's going to take a year or two for him to really emerge because he is, he's a neophyte. He really doesn't understand the NBA game and situations, you know, what's coming in front of him, what's coming up behind him, you know, all these things. And, you know, he keeps getting surprised every night. He said, you mean to tell me they do that, coach? Is that what they do? I mean, is that what I, yeah, they got to be ready over there. And uh, and he's getting the very best every night at him, you know, because Grand Hill the first night, you know, has Trace McGrady also in that particular game. And, uh and so, uh, you know, he's, he's getting an array of an experience of, uh, of players that he can really, I think, go to, go to work on. I know you have to go to work. Just before, one more question before you go. Hubie Brown comes back to the league yeah. today as a coach in Memphis. Yeah. Your old boss, Jerry West, hired sure. him. They're like the Sunshine Boys, those two guys now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> what about Hubie coming back? Well, I think, uh, you know, Jerry, uh, I would never doubt anything. You know, I have, uh, you know, five or six rings. You know, and they're all, I think, because of him. When I was asshole. This is for the beast. I woke up this morning with a feeling of despair. I looked for my pussy, but my pussy wasn't there. <laughs> well, 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 my cat fell in the well. Oh, puss, 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 poor kitty, 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 my cat fell in the well. I got out a ladder and I climbed down to my bed. I saw in a jiffy that my puss was soaking wet. Well, 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 my cat fell in the well. Oh, puss, 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 poor kitty, 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 my cat fell in the well. The dog on home by the pump. Was she pushed or did she jump? There never was a kitty half as pretty as pussy that fell in the well. There never was a pussy that could quite compare with her. Pretty as a picture with her long and silky fur. Well, 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 my cat fell in.
pussy, 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 for kitty, 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 my cat fell in the world. If you have a pussy that you wouldn't trade or sell, never let her wander or she might fall in a well. Well, 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 my cat fell in the well. Oh, puss, 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 for kitty, 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 my cat fell in the well, fell in the well. 1018 at 560 WQAM. See, that's for the Beast because regardless of what anybody says, let me give you a comparison since this other guy's comparing George with the Beast. Okay. Now, I'm not taking sides, but I'll give you a comparison. Now, remember those days, those ugly, grotesque days when somebody on our station, I don't want to mention Mo, was trying to get George canned? Right. Remember those grotesque days? Well, come to find out that uh, the first chance George got on the year after that, I was, I think, traveling somewhere, which is unusual. But George did the show that day, and he came on here, and he told, I, I didn't hear it, but I heard about it, he told the whole story. Yeah. Right? Am I right? You, you were there that day. I was day. on with them, yeah. Right, and he told the whole story. Didn't pull any punches, and of course, this is a guy not only had to worry about getting fired, when somebody had just tried to get him fired. I mean, actually was on the verge, like about a hair's breadth away from getting his ass canned. To the extent that I had a message on my voicemail up here, oh, I've decided from our general mangler, from that goofball, I've decided to terminate George Rodriguez. And this is all based on the, the bluster and uh, fluster and hysteria of that silly old man with a bad hairpiece. And he goes on here and having the balls to at least go on there and talk about it. Here's the beast who gets canned off of that show. See, that's the difference. George doesn't work on that show, never has and never will. He wasn't on the Mo Show. So what business has he got trying to get somebody canned off of this show? Here's a guy that was on that show, gets canned off of the show, then gets called unprofessional on a day when a guy's taking the day off but is tuning in to listen because he evidently has no life. Or maybe he was ironing his hairpiece that morning. And he's uh, doing the updates that day and goes out with Gildy for a few words. Get him off right now. He's unprofessional. I don't want him on my show. How do you like that? And we have the golden opportunity yesterday for him to come on at least clarify, at least set the record straight that he was terminated from that program. Does he do it? No. No. See? That to me is a very high pussy factor right there. Is there any doubt about that? No. See, now Carlos is there sucking his ass because, you know, Carlos is just glad to have a job and be getting a paycheck. That's all. So any, anybody we put in there, we could have Miguel do the show, and Carlos will suck your ass. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, you would. I felt bad for him. I mean, if Clarence... Why, now, why did you feel bad? Oh, bad for what? Now, what are you about to say? If if it came from upstairs, if the if order could not Clarence, say something... Clarence, now, wait a minute. Let's go back, okay? If Clarence what? If the order came from upstairs, if the order came from Clarence to not to, to take it easy... Uh, during the show, that's why I, I was kind of like giving him the benefit of the doubt. And let me tell you something, Clarence. Clarence, there now. I went out to look for him a couple minutes ago to give him that that thing, and that I haven't thing, seen yeah. him yet. Haven't seen him. Well, if you're listening, Clarence, to use a line from Godfather Three, don't ever give an order like that again. Okay? Because basically, what that does is water the show down. You put a guy on who's supposed to be entertaining. We're trying to keep as much of the audience as possible out there. And in spite of these calls, these people called in, sucking ass and whatever else, you can put a monkey, a trained monkey on here for, uh, you know, the first time. Oh, my God, that monkey was a genius. He was very entertaining. The show could have been a hundred times better if he would have been let it, able to let it hang out. First he has to find it, but then he's got to let it hang out. Is there any debate about that? No. 
I think it was his obligation. I think the spirit of Christ compelled him to get on there yesterday and just lay it right out there and say, I got canned because uh, for whatever. He didn't have to knock the guy. He could just come on there and say he's unprofessional. He's a tub of crap. He's a troublemaker. He's a Schmidt disturber, whatever. Just tell he the can... truth. Right. But didn't do it. So you get high marks for uh, being very entertaining or whatever, but the low marks for balls. Low marks for balls, Beast, though. So George against the Beast for the summer fill-in. Now, what do you guys say? <laughs> that was just a joke. Thank you. Here's Hollywood. Hello. Hey, Mr. Rogers. How are you this morning, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing, Mr. Caller? Oh, not too bad. Um, yeah, you're right. The, the Beast did good yesterday, except that he did wimp out. Uh, he's on the air talking about how his parents can support him or have supported him and if he needed money or whatever. So it's not, not that he was worried about getting fired from the job, because I'm sure he's not making all that much money. Mm-mm. He could have had the kahunas and gone and said what he should have said. Yeah. And, and I told, I called him yesterday and said that he's going to be a mediocre, mediocre, mediocrity, um, broadcaster if he doesn't just pull up the balls and, and go for it. Yeah, he's got to pull up his balls. Yep. Thank you, sir. Got to find him first, though. Oh, this is true. Okay, thanks. <laughs> mediocre. There's nothing worse than a mediocre, uh, what is it? Mediocre, no? When you leave this guy alone, the guy's a little bit nervous. He called yesterday. He's calling again today. He figured I'm going to hang up on him. I'm. Uh, it's a holiday, man. I'm in a great mood. I'm feeling great. Don't ask me why. I, I, why? I do lie. You, you think I'm lying about this. I enjoy the cold weather. I never thought I would. And you know what a prick I am. If I hated that, I'd be the first one to tell you, man, I'm freezing my ass off up here. I like it. You feel invigorated. You feel like you're alive. Everything feels clean. Yeah, I would hope so. Don't want to be catching no diseases or nothing like that. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon line. Speaking of not so clean, the CIA has traced transfers of tens of millions of dollars from the Saudis to Al Qaeda over the last year. U.S. officials and congressional sources be saying. The key backers of al-Qaeda are said to be 12 prominent Saudi businessmen, all of whom have extensive business and personal connections with the royal family. These include ties to such ministers as Saudi Defense Minister Prince Sultan bin Abdul Aziz, Interior Minister Prince Nayef bin Abdul Aziz, and Riyadh Governor Prince Salman. In July, the RAND Corporation delivered a briefing to the Defense Policy Board which warned that the Saudi royal family has grown dependent on Islamic insurgency groups linked to al-Qaeda. The Saudis spend billions of dollars in supporting anti-Western religious activities throughout the world, Middle East Newsline reported. The CIA has tracked the flow of the funds of the 12 businessmen and have urged U.S. allies in Africa, Asia, and Europe to freeze the assets of the Saudis. So far, no action is said to have been taken. On Tuesday of this week, officials said the National Security Council has discussed a plan to pressure Saudi Arabia into ending the flow of funds to al-Qaeda. They said one proposal, which hasn't yet been approved, calls for a U.S. ultimatum that would give the kingdom 90 days to crack down on al-Qaeda or face unilateral U.S. action. Oh. All right. Officials wouldn't elaborate what this action would involve. Hopefully, una bomba grande. The facts are not in dispute, a congressional source familiar with the CIA investigation said. The CIA has briefed a key, congr- a key congressional committees on the Saudi violation of its promises to stop funding al-Qaeda. The argument between the administration and Congress concerns what we do now. How do you like that, huh? ABC News identified one of the businessmen as Yasin al-Qaidi. He was described as a multimillionaire involved in banking, chemicals, diamonds, and real estate. I fear that many people in the royal family or people close to the royal family have been aiding and abetting terrorists wittingly or unwittingly, said Richard Shelby, the Alabama Republican and leading member of the Senate Select Intelligence Committee. 
The president believes that Saudi Arabia has been a good partner in the war against terrorism. White House Minister of Information Ari Fleischer said, who confirmed the council's discussions, but even a good partner like Saudi Arabia can do more in the war against terrorism, and that involves the financial front and diplomatic front, too. So there you go. There's those freaking Saudis for you. I told you on Wednesday, that's the sand sugar in the woodpile right there. We're worried about Iraq. Iraq is like Frankie Pantangeli. They're small potatoes. Small potatoes. We ought to be going in there to the Saudis, just hook up the goddamn uh, uh, Chevron and Mobile and Exxon thing, right? Just hook up the pipe. You know what I'm saying? Hook up the hose. Give them the old hose. Five, six, seven. Now, we want some women on there today, too, by the way, or Carlos is going to be very bitterly disappointed and over the weekend be spreading a lot of bad stories about this show. Now, did you get a hold of Eric yet? Did you whip his ass into shape? Got a hold of him. No, no, I'm serious. See, what's going on here, and that, the reason being that I'm too soft. I'm getting old. I'm getting lazy. I let you guys basically do whatever you want. Oh, gee, doing an eel show is like a pee. It's a piece of cake. Sure, because I sit back and I put up with anything, because all I care about is getting that fat paycheck. But, I mean, once in a while, when you're looking on your website and you see the news, the last posting on there is January of this year, and it's already uh, almost December. When you see the last birthday that I had was in 2001, when you don't see anything about Neil doing a show in Toronto or Amsterdam or coming back after the summer deal this last summer, and you can't have that on your own website, you got to say, something really stinks on our website, you know, which used to be great. Used to be great. Teddy Roosevelt used to be great, too. We ain't feeling too good right now, you know what I'm saying? Just because something used to be great doesn't mean you don't need to keep your ass on it. So get with it, Carlos. Get all over his ass. Call him up. I want you to make him cry, okay? No problem. You know how you do that? How? Dial his number and tell him it's you. <laughs> 1027 at 560 WQAM. Tom Lehman and Hallett Pontiac GMC. They're in a great holiday mood. They're always in a good mood. They're great folks. And they're proud right now to announce the great Neil Rogers Neil Deal 0% sale. Yes, with approved credit from GMAC, get zero down payment and 0% financing on all 2002 and even 2003 Pontiac and GMC models. Plus zero payments for 90 days. Or if you like, you can take you a rebate of up to five grand. And as always at Hallett, zero hassles when you shop there. Don't forget to mention you heard about all of this on the Neil Rogers Show and save even more. Just tell them, what's this Neil deal? And immediately they'll start throwing money at you. Check out the complete line of great gas-guzzling GMC SUVs, including the Envoy. They make no apologies, by the way, because there are a lot of people out there who love SUVs. So they're not going to apologize. They're going to say, hey, which one you want? The Envoy was voted by Motor Trend as SUV of the year, and the Pontiac Vibe is a big, gutsy SUV that's got the power of a sports car, but ain't no Corvette. They've also got a dependable selection of great used cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're worried about cutting a deal there that maybe you have, like, marginal credit, you can't pay your bills, have no fear because Hallett is here. They will cut you a deal no matter what kind of a deadbeat you are. But right now, don't forget, it's the great Neil Deal 0% sale on Hallett Pontiac. And they're in the same great location. They've been treating people great for over 35 years. 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's U.S. 1 across from the falls. Open every day, seven days a week. For more information, call the Neil Deal hotline, toll-free, 1-888-534-4211. That's one triple eight five three four forty two eleven. Hallett Pontiac GMC who be professional grade. Live and local. This is five sixty. The radio is all yours now. Fun team to watch. They've been playing real good football. I know you caught a bit of a break last week. I was in Oakland uh, for their game and watched your game on television. But uh, you know Cortez misses the field goal, but you're in a position to win. That's all you can hope for every week. Well, with the exception of one game this year, we, in fact, have been in a position to win each week. And uh, 
you know, I've been very pleased with uh, the way our players have gone about this. They spend a lot of time in preparation, and uh, they've uh, shown a willingness to get the things done in practice and meetings that we think need to be done, and that carries over into games. I, I was out there last summer and saw you uh, uh, on television. They were showing your your talk at the chamber luncheon, and you talked about all the close games that the team had lost last year and how that was going to change this year. Uh, you went out on a limb a little bit, but that's been the case. You've been winning the close ones. Well, you know, I think, uh, uh, Hank, when it all comes down to it, uh, you got to have a certain mindset, and that mindset has got to be we're going to try and find a way to win and do what is ever necessary to uh, to that end. And and our players have done that. I mean, we've been uh, we've been behind uh, in or tied in the fourth quarter, I think, of three or four games, and and won all but one of them. And uh, you know, that's part of the process of learning how to win. Your offensive line, I know, is uh, somewhat banged up. You've been playing a couple of rookies, and yet. Uh, didn't give up a sack against San Francisco last week. Tomlinson is uh, the leading rusher. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that area and what has brought that together? Why they're playing so well? Well, I think you know we've got we've got some good players here in the offensive line, uh, albeit as you suggested, a couple of them are injured right now. Um, but uh, they have uh, embraced our philosophy and the way we've gone about things. And of course, Hudson Hawk is our offensive line coach and. And I think he can make an argument that he's as good as there is in football. And um, their ability to work every day and improve the techniques and fundamentals of what they're trying to get accomplished, I think, really has enabled us to even overcome some of the, the some of the injuries that we've sustained. And Drew Brees, uh, he's he's grown up this year too, hasn't he? Well, he sure has. And I'll tell you, the one thing about him that probably is uh, his strongest quality, Hank, is. He's got a very short memory. I mean, when something goes bad, he doesn't dwell on it. He's not caught up in you. Well, what about this or that? He just goes on to the very next play. And and that personality, I think, carries all over to the offensive side of the ball for sure. And, um, you know, he, he just has this excellent ability to not be distracted by things that are past. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you had four pro bowlers on the cloud. They had four pro bowlers last year. And when you add Donnie Edwards, the guy you had in Kansas City, it looks like he's having a Pro Bowl year now, too. Yeah, he's having a great year. Um, you know, he's quite a playmaker. He's got very, very good speed. He's a lot He's a lot like that. No one embodies the holiday spirit better than Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, really? You bet. And now Gordon Lightfoot takes his best-known song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, and gift-wraps it around your favorite carols to create his new holiday album, Gordon Lightfoot Sings Christmas. You better watch out and you better not cry. You better not proud, I'm telling you. Yes, Gordon Lightfoot is coming to town with a sleigh load of songs like this. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave me a portrait in a tree. It's Gordon Lightfoot Sings Christmas, and you'll want to beat him like a drum when you hear his rendition of The Little Drummer Boy. Who come, they told me, my newborn king to see, Gordon Lightfoot has compiled the holiday music collection you'll wish would sink to the bottom of Lake Superior. Deck the halls with thousand holly, 
Your friends and family will pray for a silent night when you put on Gordon Lightfoot Sinks Christmas. Hey, Gordon, how's it going, eh? 1033 at 560 WQM. Here's a lady in Weston. Hello. Hi, Neil. Good morning. Our first lady of the day. Yeah. Um, first, I have a funny story for you. I was just thinking about this the other day. I started listening to you in, like, 1991. Uh-huh. And uh, the first time I turned you on, you were saying the day of my daughter's wedding. And this was before I ever saw The Godfather. And mm-hmm. I thought, gee, I thought Neil was gay. I didn't know he had a daughter. Oh, I got four daughters. Oh. <laughs> and I, I wanted to read a quote to you and see. Uh, voice yeah. or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them they are being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. Sounds familiar. Yeah, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Was that Donald Rumsfeld or Hermann Goering? Same person. Never see them together? Yeah. It sounds very familiar in this day and age. It's scary, isn't it? It's very scary. Yes. So what do you think? Did you listen to the Beast yesterday or not? No, I didn't. I was up in Port St. Lucie at my mommy's. Oh, there you go. See, most people were uh, busy. Well, yeah. It's You know, it's a holiday, and I, I've always liked him when he's been on with George. Yeah. But, uh, you know, because he's kind of animated. I, I like George, but the Beast kind of has a little more energy. <laughs> <laughs> so really what you're trying to say is George is coma-inducing. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's the monotone that, yeah. in that kind of... Um, mumbles. He mumbles a lot. That faux anger in his voice, Yeah. I guess. Well, uh, we'll try to you... butch him up a little bit. Yeah, we'll try. How, how about some uh, silent fart since tis the season? You got it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. See, there's a nice lady. How do you like that, Carlos? You have a little faith, punk? Surprised. Oh, the beast had a whole bunch of women come. I always hear that, no matter who's filling in. We could have uh, my little dog, Tiny, could do the show. Boy, Tiny sure had a lot of calls from women today. I don't, I don't know what that's all about. 151 votes on the poll. Which of these best describes President George W. Bush? Dangerous, 48. That was my vote. Great leader, 44. 29%. Great leader. Moron, 23. Okay, 15. Okay. Yeah, mediocre 11, idiot 10. <laughs> oh, he's not doing great, let's put it that way, not with this crowd. Here's another lady in Aventura, shocking. Hello. Hi, Neil. I really How... enjoy your articles. Um, you are a very gutsy man to be reading in this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> but you notice I'm out of town. I'm a long ways away. That's true, but you still got a lot of guts, I think. But um, if that uh, article by Miller, that was stunning. That was chilling. Uh, he wrote a book about this. Now, which article are you talking uh, about? The article uh, about where um, Bush is not an idiot, he's a sociopath. Oh, oh, yeah. What the hell did I do with that? It's uh, You want the name of the book, no doubt. Please. The name of the book is uh, Dyslexicon, Observations on a National Disorder. It's by Mark Crispin Miller. Okay. Dys- Dyslexicon. Right. Okay, great. And um, so far as George goes, uh, I think he's getting marginally better. He, he does need to go to a voice school for sure. Yeah. Um, or but... maybe if we could get him to do some doggy uppers before the show every day. <laughs> right. Okay, you have a good one. You too, thanks. Bye. Yeah, I think if we can get George's old drug dealer back, or we can get maybe, uh, what's his name, Moses? Maybe Moses can bring in some good drugs. What do you think? You notice the silence? I mentioned George and drugs in the same breath, and all of a sudden there's this deathly silence. You can almost smell it here. 
I don't think that'll so help. Uptight. Why are you all so uptight? I just don't freaking get it. It's just a radio show. That's all. We're here to entertain the masses out there. That's all. Just a radio show. Guarantee that's not going to give George any more energy. Doggy uppers won't give him any more energy. Well, doggy uppers will. Some speed. But... Some speed couldn't hurt. Oh, speed. Come on, Moses, get some good crap in here, okay, next time George does the show. Have him bouncing off the goddamn walls would be good. Five, six, seven, another lady in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Yeah, I was trying to be the first, but I didn't make it. Well, you're close. Yeah. Well, uh, close always good, good for, for something. Horseshoes um, and coits. First of all, I wouldn't uh, get, uh, agree that, uh, that George is coma-inducing, because I leap for the dial every time I hear him. But uh, no, no, wait a minute. Leave for the to turn it off. How do you to mean? Turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've she never heard. Flies for the dial when he hears that voice. Yeah, just oh no, not this again. But I thought that he had all. He was the lady killer. Everybody's always telling me he has a zillion women call. Isn't that true, Miguel? You work with George during the summertime. A lot of women call. Yeah. A lot of women callers. He's killing all right. I don't know who these women are, but bless them if they like him. Well, maybe they like that eating ass stuff. I don't know. Takes all kinds. Mm -hmm. But what I really called about was I didn't know whether or not she had a chance to, uh, just trivial stuff. Um, game Show Network had a, a some sort of online poll about the best game show of all time. Really? But, of course, it had to be one of the ones that they show. Right. But uh, happened to Pyramid. Be, well, I don't know where that came in because I only saw the very last, which for some reason, number one, didn't get, they didn't get around to that until midnight. Yeah. But number two was Joker's Wild. And number one turned out to be Match Game. Which, yeah. I frankly, I think that's, that's a pretty good assessment. I, I mean, I like uh, Match Game a lot, but the Joker's Wild was number two? That's what it turned out to be, yeah. yeah. And I, I was watching that thinking, you know, boy, some of the, the questions they're asking, I'm thinking this is like third grade uh, government studies, <laughs> you know. It was much easier to be on a, on a game show back then, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> But anyway, that's basically all well, I I'll tell you, the one that had the most ridiculously easy questions was, uh, not win, lose, or draw. The, uh, what the hell is the one where they have the, uh, the, uh, things that come up? The things that come the up. The things that come up. The little things that come up. <laughs> oh, whammy? Whammy, there you go. See, she knew what I was talking about, the little whammies that come up. Uh, yeah, those... I try to, to get whammy out of my mind because of that TV experience we had a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. The things that come up. Well, I could remember Whammy, okay? Do you know from Whammy? The network. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Who the hell knows from Whammy? That's uh, the question they ask, like, uh, what day comes after Monday? Whammy! God, it sucks. Exactly. I couldn't say it better myself. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. And since then, they've played awfully well. Well, Coach, uh, 31 straight and... <laughs> Amazingly, nobody's complaining this week. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, I tell you, with uh, Tennessee uh, is is uh, is not the team that they they have been before. They do have some injuries and and they're all all those type things. But anytime you go to Knoxville and beat a team like Tennessee, a uh, great program, uh, that's a great win. I'm very very proud of the way our coaches and team prepared last week. All right, Coach. Uh, we'll let you go back to whatever it was you were doing before you had to do this, and hope you have a great week and a great game again 
next week against Pitt. Well, I appreciate that, Hank. And, okay. and also, Hank, we had 7,000 people of our people at the, at the uh, Tennessee game. That's almost ter- unheard of for Miami to travel like that. I, I love to see the Orange Bowl full yeah. for our Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, I was at UM games when 7,000 people was a good crowd uh, during those years, you know, <laughs> be- before Schnellenberger got there. Well, that's exactly right. But you better get your tickets for this one because it's going to be a yeah, good Yeah, it sure will. All right, Coach. I'll be out there. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. Thank you, Hank. All right. Larry Coker joins us here on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I'm watching you on television, Chris, and, and I, I see you talking about, uh, about, about Rice being 40 years old, and I could see the look on your face. And as I watched it, I said to myself, you know what? He's coming back. I could just tell by the way you... Uh, that you talked about uh, Jerry Rice. I don't think that was a. I mean, I love football and everything, and <laughs> and Jerry has always been a, a motivation to watch and inspiration. But if this situation hadn't presented itself, I wouldn't be playing football. Well, I mean, the the situation was there, and when you and Danny were talking about it, I just had a sense that that uh, you were thinking that way. Well, I didn't. I didn't think everything as far as HBO would work out too. So I didn't even open my mind up to think it was possible because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be let down. Yeah. And then the once, um, as you know, because I know you talked to Ross Greenberg. Yes, I and, did. <laughs> and um, and then he really was supportive. It, it, it really caught me off guard. Are you glad now that you did it? Oh, I'm definitely glad I did it. I mean, it, it was the right thing to do. And um, you know, when I look back on it. You know, down the road, five, six years from now, I won't, I won't have regretted not attempting to do it. Let me explain the conversation with Ross, because I know Ross pretty well, and I, I basically just called out of curiosity to see if there was anything to keep you from playing. And um, you know, I just I indicated to him that it was a possibility, and he said to me, "I don't know what's in his head, you know, but we wouldn't stop him," and uh, and that was that. So, uh, so I guess he was somewhat. Uh, had a heads up on the on the possibility of the whole thing coming up, but um, but I, I'm sure they were great to you. I mean, they really were, and that was you know that was huge. And even you know before the Dolphins, regardless of what they wanted, because initially when they called, you know I told them no because I hadn't talked to HBO, and I really didn't think I was going to play again. Um, but it, you know if you look back at the free agency, it's a team I wanted to go to, and it was a great opportunity, so I had to try to. I'll uh, take advantage of it. Now that you've had uh, a week uh, of real practice, um, are you, do you feel like you're right back into it, or is your head swimming a little bit despite the fact that, you know, you've been around the game so long? Well, it, it's definitely a benefit. you got a lot of <laughs> muscle memory um, from things I've done in the past. There's some carryover in, in the offense of what we did in Minnesota. Um, you know, we're trying to cram. We're spending extra time. Uh, physically and mentally, you know, of course I'm behind, but uh, I do feel like I'm back in the football mode, the football mentality. How about your first game Monday night in Green Bay? I, I, would, I would guess that suits you. Thank you, baby. Silent fart, deadly fart, it can tear. Your nose apart You can't hear it But you can tell 
Someone did it by that awful smell. What the hell did you eat? It smells just like rotten meat. Silent fart. Deadly fart. I cut one at Kmart. I watched a woman's head swivel around. She was wearing a terrible frown. I walked right out of that place with a big smile on my face. <laughs> Silent fart, deadly fart, doing it is quite an art, let one go but don't look back at the victims of your gas attack, if you're in church when you You'll have to stay in your pew. In nomine patre et fili et spiritus sancti, I want to know who cut the cheese. 1046 at 560 WQAM. Happy Friday, happy Chinooka, etc. Whatever else. Whatever you're doing, have a good time doing it. 100 and uh, what? What do we got on that poll there? 151 votes? 164, like I said. And we asked, uh, which of these best describes President George W. Bush? Dangerous, 53. Great leader, 45. 27.5%. Moron, 25. Okay, 15. Idiot, 14. And mediocre, 12. Not a ringing endorsement from the Neil Rogers audience, would you say? No. Here's a lady in Loxahatchee. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, ma'am. How you doing today? Great. Cold weather makes me happy, too. Yesterday, I listened to the Beast show. And? And at first I was listening, and I thought it was George. I said to my husband, is that George on the radio today? He said, no, that's the Beast. I think I like the Beast better. George is too monotone, and he drones <laughs> on and on. And it's always some anal subject or some weird perverted thing. Rectum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So my vote's for the Beast. Okay. Okay? Thanks. Have, Have a, a great good day. day. You too. Bye-bye. George ain't doing too well so far. You think we ought to put this up on a website? <laughs> We're gonna have to. I think we got. Let's change the poll, okay? I think we already got the drift. You people don't like George W. Okay? You think he's like a moron? <clears throat> so I think we better change the poll because this is a very important one. It stays up the whole weekend. We can ruin George's weekend or the beast. How do we want to word this? You think Eric can handle this now, uh, Carlos? Can he handle it? Yes, he can handle it. Oh, did you folks hear that? That wow. was like saying, that was like saying, will he handle it? In other words, can he handle it? Yes. Will he handle it? Oh, you're, you're brutal. Eric, I'd be real nervous if I were you, sweetheart. If ever I saw like a vulture in the wings just waiting to pounce in there. Can we just do this without all of this friction? I mean, it's holiday time. Yeah, just lighten up a little bit. Maybe it's that's violent. why the beast didn't rip Mo and ass, huh? Maybe it was because of the holidays. No. And probably just because he's a pussy. He didn't have to rip him an ass. All he had to do was just tell the story, okay? Just tell it the way it was. Still can't do it. Okay, here's the new poll. Ready? Go for it. 
who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summers? Okay? And we're not going to put anybody on there would cost a lot of money like Rick and says. We've done those before. We've done those a million times. Beast, George, or best of Neil tapes? <laughs> See, and one thing I'll tell you about this. I only heard a few minutes of the Beast show yesterday because I have much better things to do on my day off. Really? Yeah, like sleep, anything. But uh, the fact is that it, no matter how, what, what it was, it was better than those awful tapes. Those tapes, but that's just my opinion. Here's the new poll, Eric. Who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summers, Beast, George, or Best of Neil tapes? Is there anybody I'm leaving out? Who you know, Carlos team? hasn't put any of those Best of Neils together yet. Yeah. Uh, and also, let's put Joe Costello on there. What do you say? Yeah, he's done this before. Joe Costello. Put him on there. Although he's just not the same anymore. Since since this wedding got arranged, the wedding date keeps drawing nearer and nearer. He's just uh, not the same guy. Am I the only one that has picked up on that or not? It seems the same to me. No. Now he's kind of surly now. He's a little bit uh, just not the same. Not the same old Joe. <laughs> Who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summers? Beast, George, Best of Neil tapes, or Joe Costello? Excellent. So we had the, the uh, Bush thing. Now, what's the final total on there before Eric just sweeps it away? 175 votes. See, even we get a pretty weak total on there today after an hour and a half. We'd ordinarily by this time have at least 300 votes. There's nobody out there. Don't you understand? They're all shopping. They're all out of town. They're on vacation. It's a long holiday weekend. So what do you expect from the beast, Carlos? Right. Come in this morning, said Carlos. Uh, Carlos says to me, you see the crappy result in that poll? My God. Or something like that. Wasn't it something like that? I said it with a little bit more ventum. You said it with, like it was weak. You said it was really weak. Who the hell would have been listening with a number like that? 175 votes. Which of these best describes President George W. Bush? Dangerous 59. Great leader 46. 26.2%. Moron for a 28. Okay, 16. Idiot 14. Mediocre 12. I think we ran the whole gamut there. I mean, you know, there are more negative ones than positive ones, but even so, I mean, there was, there was something there for everybody. And he didn't do too well. So we'll do the uh, George and the Beast thing, and we'll continue taking the comments and let you let you uh, rip them an ass or say nice things about him. It's the holidays. Say something nice no. about George. Has George had one uh, positive call yet? No, not yet, actually. <laughs> oh, I think Greg is behind this. I think he's. I think Greg and Mo are conspiring. Well, that's all of Beast's friends calling up now. You think that was his sister earlier? Oh, I was going to say probably relatives. I didn't know he had any friends. Maybe some of those hurricane crowd, huh? Maybe some of that crowd. Bunch of losers. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Here's a call from Coral Springs. Hello, Coral Springs. Hi. Yes, sir. How you doing? Great. Uh, if I could vote, I don't. I didn't go on the net, but I would vote dangerous and moron. For Mr. Bush. Both of the above, okay. Both of the above. I don't know if you remember the movie. I think it was called The President with Robert Redford when he was elected president. And he didn't sure. Know, and as soon as they closed the door, he says, what do I do now? It wasn't That's called The President, but the, the name of the movie will come to me. Yeah, I think it was called The President. I'm not sure. But I just want to say, they're trying to elevate this guy where they're going to name him the second greatest president right behind Ronald. 
Ronald Reagan. They made him number one great president, and the guy slept during the last four years of his presidency. He had Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. and his wife ran the country. So, uh, I mean, that's about all I have to say, but I know this guy. They're making him a great man, and he's far from it. Amen. Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, the Robert Redford movie, and this, I've got my movie book out, and it's uh, not in here. I mean, it's in here somewhere, but under, they have a thing in the back where you just look up the actor or actress. And evidently, they didn't feel that movie was important enough. I know the one he's talking about. All the President's Men? No, I think it was called The Candidate. Not All the President's Men. It was about I don't know. Uh, it was the Nixon. President. What is wrong yeah. with you, man? God, if it isn't about Castro, Miguel has no idea what it's all about. That's true. Let's see. Uh, what am I looking for? The Candidate? Candyman. The Candidate. Yeah, it's there. Uh, Richard Harris. Oh, wait a minute. Is this, oh, yeah. Their follow-up to Downhill Racer. The Candidate. Where the guy got elected and they say to him, Oh, what do we do now? Because they didn't expect to win. Only I don't think there's any comparison there because these people not only expected to win, but by hook or crook they were going to win and they done it. By hook or crook. Five six seven oh five six. Don't get me started on Al Gore again, okay? Gore rhymes with bore terminal. You think George is a mumbler? You think he's coma inducing? At least he ain't running for president. Here's Miami. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, birthday today. Thirty-three old fag as of today. All right. Let me get that uh, thing cranked up for you. Hanukkah and birthday and all kinds of other good stuff. Where exactly. the hell is that? There you go. Hey, I listened to the beast yesterday. I had to work. How do you do? Um, I think he did a good job. Uh, give him some more time on the air to develop. You know, he's do he did a, a good job. You know, because I understand it's his first time and everything. But you know, give him a, a you know give him a few more shots, and I think he can. You mean like uh, during on. the summertime? Yeah, put him on. Put him <laughs> with the George. How about the Beast and How about the the Beast and Sud show? How about the Beast and George show? How about the two of them together? Hey, that would be good. I gotta go. This piece of crap Bell cell phone is crapping out. Okay, on see ya. He said his phone is a piece of crap and it's Bell South. That's like uh, redundant. Bell South sucks. Don't forget that, okay? We don't care what Spiro Canton says. We don't care even what Spiro Anu says. Bell South sucks. Everybody knows that. Don't forget, speaking of little George, you can go there tomorrow and, of course, to his face, you'll say, oh, that beast, he, he couldn't compare to you, George. To his face, you'll suck up, okay? Because that's the way you are, you know? That's just human nature. And then behind his back, as soon as you walk out, you'll say, boy, he's sure a little putz, ain't he? That's just the way people are. Like when I used to do all those dumb appearances. Boy, he sure is fat and ugly. And he, uh, you just know they're saying that on the way out, right? You hear him saying it on the way out. You hear him saying it on the way in. Oh, there's that fat old ugly fag Neil who's sitting back there all by himself. Trying to eat his lunch and be left alone. He's not doing anything. He's just sitting there. <laughs> the best of all, though, was that dolphin game. That, that was the best. Guy brings over his wife, of course, Fat Rich and I used to get there way before the game to avoid all the, you know, the traffic. <clears throat> we're sitting there, he, we used to bring these sub sandwiches along. And we're sitting there stuffing our face, and the guy brings his wife over. I was very nice to her, to him. How you doing? Nice to see you. We had a little chat for about a minute or two. Well, you know, whatever. What is it? I don't know that this long, people. Huh? 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 That long. About 30 seconds. And then next thing you know, he calls me on the air, Roach Rights. I forget what it was many years ago. Oh, gee, I brought my wife over to meet you, and you just sat there and uh, like, like I was supposed to do a radio show for them. What are you, some kind of a moron? Yeah, you know, you're an, an entertainer. Some kind of, yeah, I'm supposed to be an entertainer while I go to see a ball game. Uh, screw them. F them. 
Join George tomorrow, 11 to 1 at Bill Seidel's Boulevard of Savings, Northwest 36th Street, just west of 27th Avenue. Stop by to win some marginal prizes. Enjoy free food from Atlantic City Subs, where Ira and the bread make the difference. And get there early, because otherwise those grave robbers at Bill Seidel's eat all the free food. It's time to get it on. Go ahead, son. You're the president now. Come on. Come on and sing. K-pop, my favorite song. On the first day of Christmas, oh, my daddy gave to me an American presidency. <laughs> on the third day of Christmas. Wait a minute. One gosh darn minute. What do you want? You're not counting the days right. It's my understanding that there are 12 days of Christmas, and you have counted only the second day, which has every right to be there. <laughs> so what? I'm George Bush, right, Paul? I suggest that you recount from the top. Follow along with me. Okay. On the 12th day of Christmas, Wisconsin gave to me... Eleven electoral votes. On the tenth day of Christmas. Now you skipped eleven. But you said eleven. Now that was only a preposition to a numerical phrase. Now start again. Um, on the fifth day of Christmas, Daddy gave to me something. That's it. You can have them, America. I'm out of here. Now what do I do, Papa? 1103 at 560 WQAM. That's George <laughs> W. 23 uh, votes on the uh, new poll. The new poll is up. Life and death. Who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summer is the Beast. Now, this is the first time we've ever done this poll and put the Beast on there. Am I right? That is correct. That is correct. Because we've done a thing about it, and of course, it's uh, like just about the 1st of December, so the timing of this is a little bit unusual. But since the Beast was on just yesterday, he's like fresh in your mind, right? Okay. And you, you know what they say, out of sight, out of mind, so now the, the uh, thing is hot. It's uh, sm well, it's lukewarm. 23 votes. Who would you rather have fell in for Neil during the summers? The Beast is leading with eight. <coughs> Best of Neil tape seven. Oh, it's just changed again. I bet you'll have like a 27. Ah, uh, George just leaked into the lead. Nine, the Beast eight, Best of Neil Tape seven, and Joe Costello three. It's going to be a battle. I can see that right now. Can't you smell it? <laughs> see, out of sight, Joey C. Woo! Out of sight, out of mind. Going to be uh, nip. Well, what makes you say that? Well, Joey hasn't been on the show in a long time. Maybe they don't like Joe's show. Maybe they don't like the uh, Dirty Boys. Oh, this just in. More than a year before the New Hampshire presidential primary election, the poll among the state's Democrats shows Al Gore leading other possible presidential candidates. Oh, and speaking of that, ah, oh, what the hell was I watching the other night? Oh, it was uh, Phil Donahue, and they had on. Uh, they were talking about the Catholic Church scandal, and the victims. All of them were saying uh, the victims and their families were still being treated like crap, and all they did was put on a dog and pony show. And they had that William Donahue from the Catholic League, who I thought they were going to have to like uh, bring out a, a rabies shot for him, foaming at the mouth. Foaming at the mouth. So anyway, right after that was uh, Chris Matthews in softball. And before I could turn the dial, this had been taped like a couple of days earlier at, uh, what the hell is that school? Uni University of Albany in New York. You know where to find uh, Albany on the map, Miguel? Yes. They call it the capital over there. Very good. So anyway, University of Albany, and there was like all these college students, and the guest was Hillary. 
And I'm going to tell you, when she came in, you would have thought that the the that Jesus himself in sandals with a million dollars in cash for each student had just come marching in. I, I couldn't believe it. And they were just all whipped up about her. And then every every issue that Chris Matthews brought up, and he was he was giving it to her about a couple of things pretty good, even though I can't stand him. But uh, every issue they brought up, or most of them, they were booing like crazy. Then they had a disturbance. They had a bunch of protesters come in. They were chanting, take your war and go to hell and stick it up your ass or whatever. You know, and Chris Matthews handled that very badly. But they, had, to their credit, they left it on there was on tape. And I kept asking myself, if they disagree with her on the issues, and she's obviously the ice princess, a miserable bitch, uh, what are they cheering so much? And what is it that they see in her? Can anybody answer that question? No. The American Research Group found that 25% of the 600 poll participants in New Hampshire said they were likely voters in the 2004 Democratic primary, and they prefer the former vice president, followed by 11% for Swillery, 10% for Massachusetts Senator John Kerry. Nearly half of those polls said they don't have a preference yet. Other potential candidates were in single digits. Dick Gebhardt had 4% for Dick. Vermont Governor Howard Dean had 2%. Senators Tom Daschle and Jew Lieberman each had 1%. Oh! North Carolina Senators John Edwards, Al, uh, Senator John Edwards, Al Sharpton, and Wesley Clark had 0%. Kind of like Defoe's numbers. But you wait till they get that big signal on there, man, at 50,000 watts. And Jim Sarney says the real savvy sports listeners, man, have got 850 punched in on their dial. The savvy sports crowd. <laughs> what a, oh, God. What is wrong with this town, huh? What is wrong with this country? Savvy sports listeners. Yeah, let's have 400 sports channels so we can all be talking about the same ballgame and dissect it 400 different ways. And it's going to be kind of tough because when you got only 100 sports nerd callers uh, split up among 400 channels, they're going to be short calls, I guess, huh? A lot of short calls. Well, Here's Miami Lakes. Go? Miami Lakes, hello. Hey, how you doing, Neil? Pretty great. Okay, I listened to the Beast yesterday. And he said that the reason he didn't go into the Mo Howard thing was because he doesn't make any money for the station. He's not like you or Hank who can, since you make so much money for the station, you can say and do whatever you want. Yeah. And he says he's like uh, Frankie Bantangelis, he's Mo Potatoes. He <laughs> yeah. He can't get into that. I got news for it. He's big potatoes, fat potatoes. Yeah, and he, got, and he said that he got all the balance for life thing. Yeah, he did. He lost about 60 pounds. And then he, he said he has regained some pounds now, but he, I don't know why he got off of it. Because they stopped bringing him the free food. That's why he got off of it. Oh, I see. Ah, so he's such small potatoes, he cannot, he cannot afford it. I see. Okay, thanks for the bulletin. Hey, no problem, Sam. Have a good day. Have a happy. 51 votes. Who would you rather have for Len for Neil during the summers? we got a battle going on here, man. Tooth and nail. George, 18, The Beast, 14, Best of Tapes, 13, and Joe Costello, sucking wind with six. I don't think they like Joe, you know? I mean, not personal, but they just don't like him on the air. Maybe it's the NASCAR effect. That could be part of it. Or maybe just maybe just too much of that silly, uh, that kind of like high school locker room thing, you know? Oh, there's none of that with Beast, right? Huh? <laughs> there's none of that with Beast, right? Well, was Beast doing a sex show yesterday? Actually, I, no. I wouldn't know. Well, what do you mean you wouldn't know? You weren't listening yesterday? Hell no. What the hell's wrong with you, man? Where's your loyalty? Uh, what were you doing, chasing Doreen around?
I bet you she I bet you she put in a full day at the Thanksgiving dinner table. <laughs> Guaranteed. I bet you not one bird was left untouched. Not one morsel. Not one scrap. Let's take a call from Medley. Hello. Medley. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, by the way. And back to you. You know the Central Air Command in Florida? The one that controls all the nuclear sites? In the, Tampa? Yeah, that one. Yeah. You know that they moved, the Americans moved it somewhere in, in uh, around Saudi Arabia, like in the Mideast? Right, that's right. Doesn't that mean that we're waiting to get wiped out so then we'll still have a chance to be able to launch our weapons against our foes? Or maybe they just didn't like Tampa. That could be part of it. I don't know. That kind of scares me. I mean, wouldn't you get the hell out of Tampa if you had a chance? Well, I mean, if we're the most powerful country in the world, why would we want to move our nuclear sites, our nuclear operations site out of the country? Excellent question. I'll ask Tommy Franks when I see him. Five, six, seven, or maybe I'll ask Barney Frank. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon line on a great Friday and let me just tell you the good news right now. I'm looking at the schedule. Jim Mandich at one. All right. Hank Goldberg at uh, three. Hey, stupid. And a full four hours for the Humper today. See, <laughs> Bacardi Dave wants that show five thirty to six thirty. Hank the full four hours even the day after Thanksgiving. Boy, can you imagine how much the Humper put away yesterday? Wow. Every time I come back to town, he always says, oh, yeah, I lost uh, an ounce or two here. <laughs> Where? Where, Hank? Oh, I shouldn't be talking because I gained back a few pounds. Remember how svelte I was when I came back there? You were slim and trim. Compared to usual, anyway. And I must confess that down there, I just, uh, I don't know, not good. Not good. And up here, it hasn't been all that good. But never less than your business. 7 o'clock, I could lie to you. I could say, boy, I'm down 156 pounds. I'm looking beautiful. Don't I sound a lot thinner? You sound pretty skinny to me. 7 o'clock, Hooters College Football Preview with Clarence Darrow, Joe Z, and Don Bailey, Jr. 10 o'clock, it's Eddie K from GA and uh, ESPN Radio Overnight tonight. Now, what's that? Oh, that's right. They don't work Friday nights. Right. Joe's uh, taking it personally. He's insulted that the audience is uh, not giving him too many votes on filling in them next summer. Joe's taking it really personal. This is business, and this man is taking it personal. Five six seven oh five sixty. I tell you, James Conn was so good in that movie. You know what? Do you know which movie I'm talking about, Carlos? Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Rollerball. <laughs> ah! What was the movie with uh, Kathy Bates? Oh, Misery. Misery. Yeah, he was. Which I think sums up our experience here to a T. Know that the Lord even loves Neil Rogers. Oh, there's no trees or lights for Hanukkah. Go down the block, the houses are darker. We are wishing we were Christian on Christmas morn. There's nothing for our children. For eight nights, we light lights. When it's sent to become a semi All we get to light is a menorah They don't mention Christmas in the Torah Our holiday is really such a bore Light the menorah Oi! All we get to light is a menorah They don't mention Christmas in the Torah Our holiday is really such a bore Light the menorah Oi! It's so hard for us to go shopping We don't know when Hanukkah is happening What is the date? Are we too late? You can almost hear them go <laughs> 
now come on. What are we supposed to do? So you think it's easy to get gifts when we only pay wholesale? All we get to light is a menorah. They don't mention Christmas in the Torah. Our holiday is really such a bore. Light the menorah, boy. All we get to light is a menorah. They don't mention Christmas in the Torah. Our holiday is really such a bore. Light the menorah, boy. Did with Wade Belak beginning a two-game suspension. Shane Corson still nursing a groin injury. Little uh, pregame excitement here on TSN. You ready for that? The Leafs and the Flyers at one o'clock. You ready? No. Five, six, seven. What? I said I can't wait. You couldn't go. There's Alan McCauley. Uh, you know, hey, Alan, would... who you have naked pictures of, Alan? Harold Ballard and the Billy Goat? I mean, well, how is, why is he still on this team, huh? Him and that jerky, jerky Lume. But anyway, don't start that hockey stuff, man. You're talking, you're speaking to the wrong crowd. You're speaking the wrong language. We want a lot more football talk. Football, football, some smash-mouth football. Pretty marginal effort by the Patriots yesterday, I thought, in Detroit. Never, never woke up. Never really got into it. Here's a lady in Miami. Hello. Lady in Miami. Hi, Neil. Yes, ma'am. And how are you today? Very good. How are you? Pretty good. I wanted to call and be the first positive caller for George. Okay. Because I think he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, no one compares to you, but I think he's doing a pretty good job. Well, he just he's taking the lead in the pull. He seems to be pulling away. Yeah, the only problem is he gets on one of his fetishes a little bit too long. Yeah. But he, he just, that, he just well, once he sticks his tongue in there, he can't get it out. Right. <laughs> well, you have a wonderful day. And you too. Have a great uh, weekend. Thank you, Neil. Bye bye. So there you go. A little, kind of a qualified uh, vote for George. Seventy-seven votes on the poll. He took in the face last week. Yuskevich questionable for Friday's game. So there's Dmitry Yuskevich uh, bleeding from the nose badly. Seventy-seven votes uh, so far. Who'd you rather hear fill in for Neil during the summertime? And then Eric, you know, this got this right on there, Carlos. Yep, called him and he got it right up there. Ye of little faith. Sorry. Was he crying when you called? <laughs> He's just got, got a little grin over there. Was he crying when you called? I couldn't hear the tears. Yeah. He didn't sound too happy. I see. He didn't sound too happy? When is the last time you ever talked to Eric and he sounded happy? That's very true. See, if he didn't have food in his mouth, he probably wouldn't be happy. 77 votes. George has got 29. The best of Neil tape says 20, 21, which is scandalous. The Beast is down to 19, and Joe Costello has 8. The Beast got off to a big start there, but it's kind of like falling back in the pack, as you'd expect with his uh, size and girth, you know, like in a foot race. Can you envision the foot race between George and the Beast from, say, where the uh, chair in the studio is to, like, uh, out in the hallway? The Beast might take a quick one or two shuffle steps there in the beginning, you know. But once you got to, like, the first door, I... <laughs> Yeah, but he'll block the hallway. Huh? He'll block the hallway. He gets that fact, first step. I think that's good. When I get back, we're going to do that. We're going to have a foot race in the hall from the sports, from the bullpen, all the way down to the Power 96 studio, the length of that hall. Right. George and the Beast. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon line. I can see it now. <laughs> Here's Coconut Creek. Hello. Hey, is this me? That sounds like you. Hey, how you doing, Neil? Uh, I listened to Beast yesterday. I thought he was entertaining, and I think he was very likable on the air also. I don't know him personally, but he seemed like a likable guy. I think George is terminal personally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, first comment. I can the, see uh, this audience, as usual, is in the holiday spirit. But, uh, speaking of holiday spirit, my second thing, I'd like to hear uh, Shake Hands with Your Uncle Max by Al Sherman, if I can make a shameless request. Where the hell am I going to find that? 
I don't know. You always have it, though, this time of year. But we don't have it by, uh... You mean that one? That one. Okay. You'll have, okay. you'll hear it. Uh, and, uh, have a great day. Happy holidays. Happy okay, holidays. Okay, thanks. See, I thought there was gonna be like a number three, but there wasn't. That was it. He wants... I sell a line of jingles. And I travel on the road. And I have a lot of instruments, just like Sally. What a load. Every day a new routine. Another song and then Early in the morning I mail Neil a bit again <laughs> But when I get that writer's block The words refuse to flow I take a trip to Hallandale Oy. Where life is really slow I drive into the Publix And I find some parking room and the answers and the crutches turn and holler. Cock-a-moon. Shake hands with your Uncle Max, my boy, and here's your sister, Cheryl. And you remember Isabel, that's Irving's oldest girl. And you remember the Tishman twins, Gerald and Jerome. We've all come here to greet you and to wish you welcome home. Meet Marowitz, Barrowitz, Handelman, Shandelman, Sperber and Gerber and Steiner and Stone. Moskowitz, Lupowitz, Aronson, Baronson, Priman and Feynman and Friedman and Poe. Swallowus, Wallowus, Titlemom, Levin, Bomb, Levin, Levinsky, Levine and Levine. Brumberger, Schlumberger, Minkus and Pinkus and Stein with the E, Einstein with a Y. Now here's your Uncle Sal, my boy, with all the family poop. Oh, and here's your cousin Randy with her goddamn chicken soup. Whenever you're on the road, my boy, come back and see us soon. For we'll all be here when you come back to wish you cockamoon. 11.23, if I haven't heard that in a long time, you know what? I never heard it. You never heard that before? First time. That's the prestigious guitar man. Boy, we sure miss him, don't we? Yes. Miss guitar man, good guy. Controversial Bush administration decisions announced late Friday or the day before a holiday, a time when media coverage is at its weakest by David Korn. This Korn sure is special, ain't it? Asking Henry Kissinger to investigate government malfeasance or nonfeasance is akin to seeking to asking Slobodan Milosevic to investigate war crimes. Pretty damn, uh, what is it? I can't hardly read this. Pretty damn akin, since Kissinger has been accused with cause of engaging in war crimes of his own. Moreover, he's been a poster child for the worst excesses of secret government and secret warfare. Yet George W. Bush has named him to head a supposedly independent commission to investigate the nightmarish attacks of 9-11, a commission intended to tell the public what went wrong on and before that day. This is a sick, black-is-white, war-is-peace joke, a cruel insult to the memory of those killed on 9-11, and a screw-you affront to any American who believes the public deserves a full account of government actions or lack thereof. It's as if Bush instructed his advisors to come up with the name of the person who literally would be the absolute worst choice for the post, and once they had, said, sign him up. I got an even better, or that's, that's the end of that article by David Corbin. I got a much better one. The latest Kissinger outrage by Christopher Hitchens. Once you get out of your kitchens, I might read that Christopher Hitchens, or maybe not. Maybe I'll save it. We'll see if we have time, because we're just flooded with call, aren't we? Aren't we flooded with call? They're pouring in. All the ones and twos. Well, it's uh, it's that day, man. Don't expect, like, uh, a whole bunch. Like the bee says to me this morning, during the time he was in there uh, diddling around. See, the only reason he came in there was for me to, like, say, Great job, beast. Nice going. He had to check in. 
No, that's, that had nothing to do with it. He wanted me to affirm, and I, I said uh, it was okay. What did I say to him? I think you said it sucked. I didn't say that. I said he was a pussy for not uh, doing the mo business. That's what I said. Yeah, that's true. And well, Clarence told me don't do this, and Clarence thought, uh, Clarence butt out, okay? If you're gonna if you're gonna stick your nose in, and you're gonna have me pick him to be on the show, then let him do the show the way he wants to do it. And don't be, we don't play that game on QAM. Oh, don't say this and don't do that and all this other crap. We don't do that. That's why people listen to this radio station. They don't listen because it's a goddamn sports station. You can have a bunch of trained monkeys like over there on Fox Sports talking about the same goddamn ball games. They listen to the Mad Dog because they want to hear the Mad Dog. They listen to the Humper because they want to hear the Fat Humper. That's why. That's why they listen to this station. Not because they're in uh, And I mean, nobody in the world, even the ones who pretend to be, nobody in their right mind is all that interested in sports minutia. They listen for the personalities, and you can't have a personality when you don't say this and don't do this and they'll be very nice. Nobody in South Florida wants nice. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Oh, God. I heard there is no Christmas in the silly Middle East. No trees, no snow, no Santa Claus. They have different religious beliefs. They believe in Muhammad and not in our holiday. And so every December I go to the Middle East and fast. Hey there, Mr. Muslim. Merry fucking Christmas. Put down that book, the Koran, and hear some holiday wishes. In case you haven't noticed, it's Jesus' birthday. So get off your heathen Muslim ass and fucking celebrate. There is no holiday season in India, I've heard. They don't hang up their stockings, and that is just absurd. They never read a Christmas story. They don't know what Rudolph is about. And that is why in December I'll go to India and shout. Hey there, Mr. Hinduist, Merry f***ing Christmas, drink eggnog and eat some beef and pass it to the missus. In case you haven't noticed, it's Jesus' birthday, so get off your heathen Hindu ass and f***ing celebrate. Now I heard that in Japan, everyone just lives in sin. They pray to several gods and put needles in their skin. On December 25th, all they do is eat a cake. And that is why I go to Japan and walk around and hi. Hi there, Mr. Shintoist. Merry f***ing Christmas. God is going to kick your ass, you infidelic pagan scum. In case you haven't noticed, there's better things to do. So let's all rejoice for Jesus. Merry f***ing Christmas to you. On Christmas Day, I travel around the world and say... Jewish Christmas bonus and all you atheists too. Merry f***ing Christmas to you. Oh, they just had Steve Spurious on there with a nasty look on his puss. Man, I can't stand him, you know? What a drooling idiot. I'd like to see him and Phil Graham next to each other. 101 votes. Who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summer months? George, 36. He's pulling away. Best of Neil Tapes, 26. The Beast who got out to a big start here, but uh, just couldn't hang on to it. He's got 20. And Joe Costello's moving up there with 19. Pulling up the rear. And, you know, I would have had, uh, I appreciate somebody faxing me this, Bob. Thank you very much, Bob, for faxing me excerpts from Maureen Dowd's column in the Times yesterday, which I would have had the whole column, because that's what I came in here for yesterday morning. But as I was sitting here perusing and beginning my morning rounds of the various newspapers and the uh, columns, etc., I never got around to the Times in Maureen Dowd because somebody was going, Neil, Neil, are you there? Neil, if you're there. Uh. Who was that? 
That was you, asshole. I, I, I still just can't get over that. Why would you expect me to be sitting here? And it was it was a once in a billion chance that I just by coincidence happened to pot the thing up. And you're Neil, Neil, like like there was an emergency, like the beast just had a stroke in the chair or something. Stupid. What was that? What was the point in that? Died, died. Yeah. What what did you need me for? It was a day off. Leave me alone. Leave. It, it, it's like, and I put it in the same category with Petey Lenny calling me on my cell phone here. Oh, I'm really sorry. I put you in that same category. Like, why are you bugging me on a day off? Why is he calling me here? I don't want to hear from him. I don't want to hear his yenta crap. That's one thing the audience should know, by the way, that next to Petey Lenny, the beast is the biggest yenta in the building. Goes from room to room. Just like a bee pollinating the flowers, you know. From room to room, pollinating here, a little gossip over here, a little gossip over there. But once he's on the air, it's like, mm, like that, you know. I'm not permitted to say this. See, I don't think it, I, I blame Clarence for that. You just wait. You wait, and he's probably not even there today, is he, Clarence? There's nobody here today. No, no there's nobody there. Mafino wasn't going to be there, but nobody. he uh, deserves it. You know, he's got to air his brains out, what he's got left. And I probably shouldn't tell you on the air, but those updates Clarence was doing on the Mo Show this morning, the sports updates, those were on tape. Came in last night, taped them, went home and hit the sack. Alone. You ready for that? The sports updates were on tape. That's the kind of skeleton crew we got today. So hang out of that thing I gave you for Clarence, by the way. No problem. Very important, okay? Muy importante. Anyway, Tommy Franks, I thought, as the guy was talking before, the uh, new um, base is not in uh, Saudi Arabia. It's in Gutter. And Maureen Dowd makes mention of that. She said, General Tommy Franks has already spent a fortune setting up. The, it's the new command and control base. They moved it from Tampa to Gutter because the Saudis are still dithering about letting us use their old bases in their country, it says. It says, the administration has helped the Saudis be evasive with Dick Cheney, Stonewall, and congressional investigators. Prince Bandar is so close to the Bushes and oil dynasty that they nicknamed him the Banda Bush. Our good buddies, the Saudis, they're in bed with the Bushes, baby. Just like in uh, Godfather when he says, oh, I never knew no Godfather. Oh, yeah, him and his uh, his father and I went in the olive oil business together. That's what Bush says. He says, oh, yeah, my father and the prince were in the oil business together. Same thing. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Leafs and the Flyers, one o'clock in Philadelphia. Oh, big game, baby. Can't you smell the excitement about it from all the way from down there? Here's a lady in Miami. Hello. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Happy holidays. And same to you. I was just going to say that uh, even though I like the beast, I think he'll be great uh, filling in for you once in a while, uh, maybe together with George was a good idea. Mm -hmm. George is good. I like him. He's smart. He's very. He, he can be witty, but just lay off all the sex stuff. He yeah. can be much, much better. Too much eating ass. Right, he just talks. Have you noticed? Have you noticed the one thing in common when we put some of these young guys on there? Uh, when you put George or Joe or the well, I don't know about the Beast because I guess he didn't talk about sex yesterday. No. But gen generally speaking, when we put these younger guys on, they think that everybody in the audience wants to hear about sex. Like I've always said, the people that talk about it the most are getting the least. Absolutely, and I, that's why I'm just saying that. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, what you just said. They just aren't getting enough, and they, they hope that maybe someone... Although, although in Joe's case, I don't know what his story is, because he's been living with his girlfriend for uh, months and months, and they're getting married next month, so unless maybe he's getting ready for that, for the day she cuts him off. Yeah, I think it's only once a month after that. Yeah. 
or something like that. But no, and you I have to have to schedule it ahead of time. Get those boys, tell them to go um, play with themselves for a little bit before they could come on the air. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe it'll be off of their minds. Okay, good idea. But I think both of them together, you know, Neil, that was a great idea. That could yeah, the work. Beast and George, that's not bad. That could work, and maybe the Beast can keep George straight, you know, not getting off the sex subject. So to speak. Much. Okay, thanks. All have right, a great weekend. Have a good holiday. Bye. Bye-bye. Chucky's about yeah, to cry over there. Have the what QAM circle jerk. What's that? What are we going to do with me? Don't we have the guest mic over there? Okay. They can both be in that studio, and you're still going to be there. You're not going to get screwed out any hours. Boy, you are so insecure. I can't imagine anybody at QAM <laughs> being insecure. It's catchy. Yeah. We're not talking about shoving you out. Of course, Eric probably would like that because you're muscling in on his territory. Maybe you won't have to worry about running the board next summer because maybe you'll be full-time taking care of our website. Oh, sorry, Eric. I can hear him crying all the way up here again. Eric, we love you, okay? You're a nice guy. We like you, and uh, you're okay. I mean, you're fair. You're weak. But uh, <laughs> he means well, but he's a busy guy now. And he just doesn't have the heart to say to us, you know, I got all these real money-making websites that I'm taking care of, dozens and dozens of them. I don't have time to be diddling with your, okay, great. No problem. We don't take it personal. We're not going to take away your play toy. We appreciate the fact you're part of the show and you like the show, Eric. We love that. But uh, Carlos is gung-ho, man. He's ready to, like, uh, you know, give you whatever assistance you need. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, if those links aren't on there by sometime this weekend, come Monday, I'm going to be a wild man here. I'm, I'm just telling you that right now. Because I'm going to tell you something that rhymes with links describes our current state of our website. Stinks. It blows. It's an embarrassment to me. In the beginning, it was great. It was like, uh, you know, it was cutting edge. And that's uh, five years ago. Four years, whatever the hell it is. But now you look at everybody else's website, and it's obvious that life is passing us by. We're standing still. Follow what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you let's think? Get some, let's get some stuff on there. Let's get some new news on there. Not stuff from two, three years ago that everybody knows or doesn't care about anymore. Let's get some new stuff on there, huh? God. 5670560. Oh, now, see all the women we've had called today? You have little faith? Very surprised. And a lot of very nice uh, women today, huh? And, and nice, uh, everybody's nice today. It's the holidays, okay? Everybody's in a good mood. They're nice except, except to George. Well, they don't want to be nice to George. I'm not, see, that's where you go wrong again. I'm not going to ask a question and have everybody calling in sugar-coated. Oh, well, you know, this one is so nice and that one's so nice too and I don't really want to have to choose. Well, what the hell is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's boring. It's boring. Just like somebody we, I don't want to mention uh, any names, somebody we all know and love. Will Chamberlain rate me. Yeah, that one. When he first came on the air, like he had no clue what he was getting into. And, oh, gee, if you can't say anything nice about somebody, you know, that old trite crap. Don't say anything at all. And now, of course, not only is he ripping me an ass, which is fine, that's great, but to everybody else he can get his ass. And what's wrong with that? Nobody wants to hear everybody sitting around licking everybody else's ass. And it seems to me that we found the one chink in George's armor. If he if he just get his tongue out, and, and let me ask you guys this, mm -hmm. to go back to what I said before about the guys who talk about sex the most are the guys who are getting least. When's the last time you think he got laid at home? He being which one? George. How old is the, his uh, baby? My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Friday, you bastards. Dead, dead, dead. Someday you'll be dead. 
Something, a little uplifting thing to Diddy. 11.47 at 5.60 WQAM. 130 votes on the poll. The Beast has fallen to last place. <coughs> Who would you rather have for Lynn for Neil during the summer? George, 41. Best of Neil Tapes, 35. Joe Costello, 29. And The Beast is uh, holding up the ass end with 25. Now, talking about guys with no balls. These two factions, by the way, are great, especially this last one, which I'll get to. Uh, why can't you just come on the air and uh, say, thanks to Tony's, thanks to Brad over at Tony's for the pizza. Thanks, Brad, for the pizza. No, I said, why do you have to fax me and have me say it? I'm not going to thank anybody for the pizza. I don't have any. It doesn't mean much coming from me. Well, sure it does, because you're the one that's eating it. Nobody and cares Carlo, what I have to And Carlos say. in there, he's probably eating it because there ain't no chocolate on it. No, the veal is great, too. And the veal, he said, try the veal. It's the best in the city, Miguel. <laughs> or did he tell that to Eric on the phone? I think he told Eric that. The veal? <laughs> yeah, spin the veal. Yeah, Miguel knows about the veal. Oh, yeah. Of all the appearances in the history of my life, and believe me, there's some real clunkers in there, but the one at the Seminole Indians, man, that had to be the award winner. The The median age in there was death plus 20. Death plus 20. They were the grandparents of the people in Hallandale. Hey, can I spin the veal? What can I bin over here? Let me spin the veal. Well, I didn't get it. Let me spin it again. And again. And again. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. They had no idea who I was. That was probably just as well. Anyway, here's a couple of facts. Let's start with this one. It says, it's men versus boys comparing George to the Beast. As a Cane's cheerleader, the Beast is just fine, even as a fill-in every so often underlined with several underlinings. But as your replacement for the summer, he's just too bland. 
George, the little spick that he is, is somewhat interesting with all his hang-ups and fetishes, and he even solicits passion, be it hatred or whatever, from your audience with his anti-Semitism and hatred for homeless people. George is the obvious choice. And so far, Napoleon's winning, not by a landslide, by any stretch of the imagination, but he's ahead. And here's a great fax. <laughs> Did you read this before you faxed it? The one about mommy? Yeah. <laughs> this is great. It said, Beast lives at home with Mama, yet he's afraid to say anything about Mo. George has two kids and a wife, and he'll play Mo bits all day. George is controversial. He pisses off the Jews, etc. Some of us like that. That he's a pervert, we like that too. The Beast was so pathetic talking about how horrible it is to be him yesterday, I was going to cry, but I turned it off first. For the first time ever, I feel like jumping on the computer and voting a thousand times like, like the gun nuts. How do you like that, huh? He wants to free for our poll. Because he's so pissed off at the beast. Now, isn't that interesting the way this thing has really turned around dramatically? He started off pretty good. Huh? No, in, in the beginning this morning, it was uh, we had like uh, four or five calls, all hated George, the beast is great, we would rather hear the beast. And now, man, they've turned on him like a cornered rat. But there's a difference. There's a difference between liking somebody and listening to somebody. You don't have to like somebody in order to listen to them as long as they draw emotion. Well, first of all, when you say like, again, it gets back to the thing. It's just a radio show. They don't know these people. They don't know them personally. It's not really a question whether they like them personally. The question is whether they like them on the air. That's the business that we're in, okay, Carlos? This is the life we have chosen. They don't know you personally. Right. It's business, and you're taking it personal. It's business. Who do they like on the air? We're not asking who would you rather go out to dinner with, who would you rather like go to the swing club with. We're not asking that question. We're asking who, and of course, who do you rather go to dinner with? Is obviously George, because you go with the beast. Uh, he's going to be reaching out of your plate. You're not going to eat crap. In spite of all this talk about losing, you know, it, what, what, he was giving me 88 pounds this morning. I said, how much? Oh, it was 60, whatever it is, you know. Not that fat people tend to exaggerate when we lose weight, and I, you notice I said we. What was the last number? I think he was like at 58 pounds, something like that. I mean, it was a good number. He'd done well. But if he's gained some of it back, I'd say it would be hard-pressed to say he's lost 50 pounds at this point, net. No, that's pretty gross. There's old Teddy Bruski, baby. <laughs> Running back in there, nice, great interception. Don't you love that name, Teddy Bruski? What a sensational name for a football player. <laughs> Bruski. Anyway, i got a lot of good stuff that I'm never going to get to today, but just to prove the point. Mentally ill cop, ex-cop, and second hijack attempt. Remember on Friday, or Wednesday, rather? We had that they suspected the hijacking that Alitalia plane from Rome to uh, Paris. Right. And had to make the emergency landing. Well, come to find out that this is an ex-cop who has uh, done this before. Why is he not in jail? Or... Good question. He's got a history of mental illness. A former Italian policeman claimed to be a member of the Al-Qaeda terrorist network brandished a TV remote control he said was connected to a La Bamba. The Alitalia flight landed safely as after Savarini. This is what the hell's his name? Stefano St Savarini. I wonder if he's kin to Stefano de Mira. Demanded to be diverted to Lyon, France's second largest city, and that he be allowed to speak to journalists. Uh, French police said he commandeered an Italian train in the, an Italian train in 1998 with a toy gun. No charges were pressed against him because of his mental illness. You ready for that? In 1999, he hijacked an Air France jetliner flying from Marseille to Paris with 76 passengers and forced it to detour to a different Paris airport where he held a dozen people hostage for three hours. 
Oh, my God, he's done it again, the Italian news agency answer quoted his mother, Arella Savarini, is saying, I've been anxious for hours because he didn't come home at lunchtime. He's done it again. So you can see the great job that we're doing all around the world. Tried hijacking a plane once before, had it diverted, tried it on a uh, train, and now here we go again for the third time. I guess three times is a charm. King of Pop says, I don't like pop. See, I'm doing these fast because I want to make sure we get all this in, okay? He likes classical music now. Yeah. Whatever Michael Jackson does these days seems to make headlines, and this time it's for saying he doesn't like pop. I would much rather listen to Classical Music Reports Ananova.com. He was asked why he bought two classical rather than pop CDs while out shopping in Berlin last week. The self-styled king of pop told German magazine Bunte, I don't like pop music. The singer whose album Thriller remains the world's biggest seller was in Berlin to receive the Millennium Bandy Award in recognition of his status as the world's greatest living pop icon. Meanwhile... Jackson's baby-dangling incident might not be over yet, at least not if Gloria Allred has anything to say about it. Tuesday, the California-based attorney and talk show bitch asked authorities to pursue an investigation of the singer stemming from his now infamous incident in Germany last week, during which he held his infant son over the hotel balcony. In a letter to the California Department of Social Services, she writes, In my opinion, given the height of the balcony and the fact that Mr. Jackson was only holding the child with one arm as he held the child over the side, the child was at risk of falling and being injured or killed as, as if it's her business. What the hell is her business in California when he was doing this crap in Berlin, huh? If it was anybody else filing the lawsuit, I'd say, you go, girl, but not that bitch. She is brutal. High-heat foods can be bad for you. You realize that you should have had like a uh, broiled, a uh, boiled, not broiled, a boiled turkey yesterday for uh, Thanksgiving? <laughs> I am so sick and tired of this. Everything is bad for you. Every, everything. In fact, I'm taking this story out. They've been showing it on the news all the last two days. Right at Thanksgiving time, just to make us feel guilty, make us feel bad. They can't help us lose weight. They can't help us uh, really look great. But they can sure help us feel guilty. Elton John trashes 007 theme. Elton John has branded Madonna's single Die Another Day, the worst Bond theme ever, reports London Sun. John said movie bosses on the Pierce Brosnan blockbuster would have been better off asking Shirley Bassey or Sir Elton himself to record a song instead. It hasn't got a tune, John said. James Bond themes are usually very camp, and this one's different. It was the worst Bond tune of all time. I don't think it's the best Madonna record, and I'm a big fan of it. He's not a big fan. He's always ripping her an ass, and rightfully so. He's a big fan. How do you like that? Her movie was a bomb. Her song is a bomb. Five six seven oh five sixty. Oh, there's the. Uh... Yeah, just should have let it be. Let it be, but just... They just showed a snowplow thing, but it wasn't the right game. I thought it was the Patriot-Dolphin game, the snowplow incident was another one. They got the snowplow ready, by the way, for that last game of the season, Carlos. I don't want you to get nervous. <sighs> we got all dusted off and all ready to go. 11.56 at 5.60 WQM. If you find yourself looking in the mirror and ask, asking yourself the question, how come I'm bald? How come I look so old and so bad? Just like the Beast was. I love that thing in the facts about uh, how bad it is to be him. In fact, that should be the name of the show yesterday, the B-Show. I feel sorry for me. Isn't that what he talked about for four hours? Sure. Well, you know, thinning hair makes a person look much older than his age. Like the Beast, I'd say he could pass for about 48, don't you think? But now it's easier than ever to do something about your hair loss. Get it back from Charles Alfieri because his natural hairline system is the best in the world. It's 100% undetectable. It looks like the real thing. The choice is yours, and there are many choices. You can have the holes drilled in your head and have blood dripping all over your forehead. Everybody laughs their ass or else calls the paramedics. You can have some nasty-looking dead farm animal on your head, some old muskrat, do the muskrat ramble. 
You can have like a mix and match, like a whole bunch of pieces, one for every holiday, like somebody I know, or you can get you the natural hairline system. That's the best idea. And if you mention Neil Rogers when you call the Alfieri Studios, you get that special $200 got off the regular price for a pittance of a price. You can get yourself the greatest looking head of hair in the world and look better and younger than you ever thought you could again. Nothing to risk except that bald spot because Charlie gives you that special 30-day guarantee. If you don't love the way it looks and feels and smells, Charlie gives you a full refund, no questions asked. So make that call today, 1-800-321-2413. I was going to say something about eating ass in there, but we don't want to bring George's uh, thing up again. 1-800-321-2413 or log on to their website at charlesalfieri.com. Five and local. This, this is 560. The radio is all yours. QAM. Well, now I do believe it be the one to twelve hour, and I never thought I'd find the kind of ride that I've been tooling around in today. Now, it's a classic set of wheels fixed up the way a brother would like it. Yes. Now, it's a clean and shiny, and the drip is cold, and it dies under my seat. I got a can of liquid cherry, yo. Aw, baby. Coconut, granada, cherry, chariot, me, baby, blue. Stop, baby. Shiny little velvet, little smelly machine. Took the suspension out, so I bounced down the road in a pit that is super flyway. Now it'd be hard to stop, no big deal. Someday I'll get around to fixing the brakes. A 1979 Mom Catalina. She's so looking fine. Now it's my baby Cadillac. Star baby. Coconut, granada, cherry, chariot, me, baby, blue. Star baby. Shiny little, velvet little, smelly machine. Yo. I got my windows down on a hot summer day, cause the AC don't work no way. The sweaty crash with our seat starts to smell and gets the dusty working overtime. On my backseat you'll find a shiny ground that smell like lilacs. My carpet shiny too, cause I'll be washing it with armor roll. Microscopic wheels going over speed bumps, they too smooth. Stop, baby. Fresh from our interior, be fancy to me, baby. Stop, baby. Hey, 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 hey. 560, it's our big noon to one hour. The Mad Dog will be along at one. Even though it's a holiday for just about everybody else in the building, it's a real but. Oh, you want to know why? Why? It's Tanuka. Not because it was Thanksgiving yesterday? Not because it's Thanksgiving weekend. Well, I mean, that's part of it. But when you put Chinooka, the first day of Chinooka on there, which, how come it's coming so early this year? I don't know. It's your holiday. <laughs> it's my holiday? Excuse me? <laughs> Atheists celebrate Hanukkah? Oh, I forgot. That's right. Hanukkah? Go spin your dreidel, sweetheart. I just figured that like, all the Jews we got on the staff, like uh, all of them? Duff. Good Italian boy. 167 votes on the poll. See, the votes are pouring in on this one. The other one was kind of like lukewarm because we've been there, done that. 
But this one, they want to, like, uh, spew their ventum. 167 votes. Who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summer? And the beast has fallen not only to last place, but <laughs> distant last. See? I told you, he got out of the blocks real quick, and then after about 15 yards, he petered out, falling down, just panting heavily. George, 52. Best of Neil tapes, 45, which for the life of me, I can't figure that out, because those suck. Joe Costello, 42. Joe's moving up nicely. And the beast has got... <laughs> 28. Can you believe that? Can you believe how the mighty have fallen? It's like it's like on election night. You watch some of the real early returns come in, you know, and there'll be like the first hundred votes, and you say, "Oh yeah, so and so's got a chance." And then when the next thousand votes come in, uh, your candidate's like uh, 20 points behind. Like in the governor's race, for example. Nice going there, Bill McBride. Nice one. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT&T line. There's only one article I do want to read this hour, which I'll get to. Don't let me forget. Don't forget it. And don't mind me forget that Leafs uh, Philly game at 1 o'clock. The latest Kissinger outrage by Christopher Hitchens. Why is a proven liar and wanted man in charge of the 9-11 investigation? We'll get to it. Here's Deerfield. Hello. Deerfield. Hello. Yes, sir. Neil, God. Speak to me. I listened to the Beast. I enjoyed the Beast. Keep the Beast. He is the Ray Lucas of 560 QAM. <laughs> bye bye. Oh, well, they got the same haircut, huh? So they're gonna suck for three weeks, huh? I beg your pardon. Comparing him to Ray Lucas. No, Ray Lucas. What was wrong with the last two games Lucas played? First three. What was wrong with the last two, boy? You're last two are great. Last two, he. You're he, a bastard, man. You're you're heartless. You're just hopeless. What is wrong with you? It took him a while. He was rusty. Plus, he was playing some pretty decent teams there. When he plays girls' teams, he plays pretty good. Now, San Diego, a lot of people would have said, well, they're not a girls' team, but you'll notice that they lose almost every week now after that fast start. They're coming back to earth where they belong. So when they're playing against the girls' team, he's pretty good. Now, this week in the snow in Buffalo, we'll see what happens. I mean, Buffalo is pretty weak. Their that, defense, they're a girls' team, too. That's right. Their defense doesn't exist. Yeah, but at but, home. But. Look at what a job they did on the Dolphins down there this year, which is almost unheard of. Just pulverized and humiliated and embarrassed the Dolphins and Ray Lucas. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. It's going to be snowing like hell. I just mentioned that in passing. It's going to be snowing a little bit. It's going to be colder than crap. High, high up here of minus three. And usually in Buffalo, it's a little bit colder. So I'd say the high will be like in the low 20s at game time. What is it, a 1 o'clock game or 4? I'm sure 1. 1. 1 o'clock game. Game time about 24, 25 degrees. Snow on the ground. Mm-mm. Not looking good. Here's Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil, you are God, but you forgot one. The combo of Joe and George, um, who I think is a winner, hands down. Yeah. Um, they were they were great. I don't know if you heard them over the summer. They were together because I guess uh, George couldn't pull his own weight, and uh, Duff, you know, jumped in there and, and stuck Joe, Joe in. Uh, but uh, George... Well, what are you talking about? Joe, uh, Joe wasn't on this summer. I mean, maybe last year. No, it was this summer. He was on for at least a couple of days. He was what do you say, Miguel? Was Joe on this summer? No, that would be me. That was Miguel that was on with George. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. I must have had... Well, then Miguel should be on there. Miguel there you go, George, George and Miguel. Miguel. Okay, there's one for you, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Let's hear it. And I'm sure that he's basing his opinion on Miguel based on his performance this week. Now, today, after probably getting fed pretty good yesterday, maybe getting laid last night, Miguel is back. He's back on the, you know, his game again. But the first three days, Monday through Wednesday of this week, he was coma. Mr. Coma. I was a little rusty. 
You weren't rusty. You didn't have anything to say. You said nothing. I, there were there were long pauses you could have driven a fleet of Mack trucks through on his show. <laughs> I'll tell you where I hear pauses. We have more dead air on this radio station. I mean, just it's it's embarrassing. Kills good time. When when you know these guys they play the music you know all on all the sports shows the music bed coming out of the uh, breaks right. And sometimes the music will end like on Moe's show and it's like he's sitting there trying to think of something to say about the music. Why why do you have to be distracted by the music? Or on Tuesdays now the new deal is oh and have you noticed the audio on Mandich's show on Tuesdays? No. He did the show this past Tuesday from Shula's. It sounded like he was talking through a strainer that had 400 pounds of cow crap in it. Man, muddy, muddy waters. But anyway, to make a long story even longer, the fact of the matter is on Tuesdays, Mandich hosts the, uh, what do they call it, the Dolphin Touchdown Club or something like that? Right, at Shula's. So they have their weekly bash over there at Shula's, and I guess it's like from noon to one. So every Tuesday, and I sit here listening just to see how long the theme is going to run out, what kind of music they'll play, and the music goes on and on and on, and then they come up with some other damn music. And then finally, after about a minute and a half of this crap, here you can hear the Mad Dog breathlessly racing in there, and, uh, you know, here I am. A lot of dead air on the station. We better watch it when that 850 comes on, and that's what Jim Sarney says. He said, look out now. Got some heavy-duty competition. That was directed at you, though, I think. What's that? That article. Directed at me? Yeah, that you better watch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All those sports shows are killing us, man. That Tony Bruno and Jim Rome with their combined point eight share or whatever the hell they got. Heavy duty. Here's Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, what about George and Warren Sapp working together? Uh-huh, okay. Dump button don't work that fast to have Warren Sapp on there, okay? In fact, how about Warren Sapp and the Beast? There's the U.M. factor for you. I think they're both about the same size. 186 votes on there. George has got 58. Best of Neil Tapes, 50. Joe Costello, 49. The Beast, 29. How come Joe's moving up there like that, huh? I think Joe is uh, putting some phony votes in on there. Because when we did this between George and Joe last year, too, the same thing happened. It was uh, very mysterious. What do you think? It's a fix on his part. Here's Miami. Hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. I'd like to give my uh, take on the beast. What's your take? I think he did pretty well, but like you said, that was one show. So I don't think it's fair to judge him up against George on one show. because I, I Personally, I think George has had shows that I've liked a lot. Then he's got some that, man, no way. You know what I mean? Five minutes and I'm gone. Mm-hmm. had some that I've listened to. So, I mean, off of one time, I don't think that's a fair thing. So good, good point. Yeah, I think it was good enough to give him a few more. I think most callers would agree with that. I say let's bring him back next week for four or five shows. Sounds good to me. But you need a vacation? <laughs> uh, Uncle Neil, can I make a shameless request? Go right ahead. Uh, my wife hasn't heard the show in a long while, so she really doesn't know who Mo is, but I have explained to her what's going on. She's never heard Mo. Yeah. But she already told me, man, he sounds like a typical New York asshole. I said, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's basically it. So if you could play a little bit for her to hear, maybe the one that uh the one that he thinks he might be falling in love with George or whatever. Okay, you, know? you got it, man. You got Thank it. Thank you, Uncle Neil. You're the Have best. a great day. Here's a little preview, by the way. Yo yo yo, let's rate Mo. Just for the hell of it. Although we draw the line at Yine. When he used that line yesterday, I just wanted to barf it. That, that's, I think it was at that point I turned it off, went in the other room, because I know there was no good stuff coming when he used that cop-out. 
Oh, I'm like Uncle Neil. I draw the line at... Nine. Yeah, right. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon line. The sound of that fax machine cranking crap out behind me is just loud enough. It sounds like a damn H bomb is in my uh, room here. As we approach two hundred votes on this poll, pretty heavy duty, huh? This is the kind of stuff our audience likes to sink their teeth into and bite as hard as they can. Next to uh, ass. What's wrong with those shows about eating ass? I think uh, brought Dwight Lauderdale out of the closet. I bet you he's listening. I bet she's got that radio cranking when George is doing those eating ass shows. You know what? Doesn't miss a second. Probably even brings Ann's body out. Not not to touch it, just to sit there and kind of look at it. Brings back a lot of old memories. You know, it's the most wonderful time of the year, or so they say. But if you're in need of a new mattress and short on time, you really want to be schlepping around town fighting lines and traffic and parking this time of the year? No. Of course, nobody with a brain does. Then do what I always do. Call Dial a Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS. Dial a mattress makes it easy to buy a bed. Just call 1-800-MATTRESS right now, and an expert bedding consultant will help you find the right bed at the best possible price in the universe. The whole ordering process takes less than five minutes on average. Don't be fooled by the other store's so-called sales. Dial a mattress offers great low prices every day with no showroom shell games. Dial a mattress carries the area's largest inventory of the best in the universe. Sealy, Serta, Simmons, and King Coral mattresses ready for same-day delivery. They care about your bedding, want you to have a great night's sleep. I've been sleeping on a dial mattress for years, and I guarantee you, my back is about the only good part of my body. They're the best. And if you're expecting company for the holidays, check the mattress in your guest room. If you need a new one, call Dial a mattress now at 1-800-MATTRESS. You'll rest a lot easier knowing your holiday guests will be sleeping in serious comfort. Avoid the holiday shoppers. Don't waste time going from store to store fighting that crazy traffic. Call Dial a mattress right now, 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, and be sure and tell that Neil Tordy to call Battle Mattress the easiest possible way to buy you a new bed. There's a butt. I smell it. Why the hell am I always getting raped by men? You have a nice back, Mo. Why, sure. But I don't ever get raped by broad. Women don't rape men. Eh, that's too bad. There is such a thing as an attractive man, you know, Mo. What do you know, you crumb? What are you, some kind of fairy? Why don't you go be another monkey for the organ grinder down the hall? I'm not a queer. What do you know about being queer, you moron? I've been raped enough to know the difference. Sorry, Mo. Now, see here, we're supposed to be talking about sports here, not about good-looking men. Just men in general and nothing else. This is sports radio over here. We love men. <laughs> but I got to say, have a bird. <laughs> Why, just the other night, I saw this commercial on overnight TV. When this guy was crawling out of the ocean, see? <laughs> on this island filled with strippers that are broad. They looked okay. But this guy in the commercial, I would say, in an objective sort of way, he was pretty cute. <laughs> See that? You're laughing. You're laughing. Did I give you clearance to laugh? Was this for a strip joint, Mo? Yeah. And the guy was crawling on the island? You thought he was cute? Yeah, that's right. Now, you asked me to be objective. I acquiesce, and you still make fun of me. You want to get fired again? Huh? That guy there had pinchable jowls. So it was so goddamn funny. That was George. No. The organ grinders monkey? You know, maybe I am in love with that mango munchin stick. He certainly does make the ring of my nose glow like a neon rainbow. <laughs> Wanting him quiet must have been just a reaction to suppress the truth of how I feel. But I can't let anybody know how much I want to enter his face. Get out of here, all of you. You're all nuts. You're all... Hey, 
I can't move. Look at the bulge in your pants, Mo. Oh, no. If I move the wrong way, I'll... Hey, everybody. Mo messed his pants. Do you crumb? Ow! That hurt, Mo. 1219 at 560 WQM. Our poll is being a diddle with. You notice the way it's going now? Joe's got way too many votes too quickly. Yeah. 211 votes, but that's okay. In fact, you notice how the, uh, yeah, the, the, the diddler, the professional poll diddler, he's dealing with it right now. Which goes to show you, talk about people with no lives. Here it's a holiday weekend, and this guy's still dealing with our poll. Who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summer? George, 61. Best of Neil tape, 60. See, I should have known that was bogus. Yeah. Joe Costello, 60. And the Beast has uh, got 30. <laughs> Sucking wind. Exhausted. Can barely breathe. Slumped over. Sweating like a stuck pig. Five six seven oh five sixty. Don't forget, join George tomorrow, eleven one at Bill Seidel's Boulevard of Savings on Northwest Thirty Sixth Street, just west of Twenty Seventh Avenue. Stop by to win some very marginal prizes, but enjoy free food from Atlantic City Subs where the bread makes the difference. Why do we always say where the bread makes the difference, huh? Because they want me to say that. Well, why? I don't know. They don't spend any money on this station. Well, they give me the food. They give you the food. Well, that's great. Well, tell them when we stay, start spending some money on the station, then I'll say where the bread makes the difference, okay? Because okay. every time I say that, it starts making me think of that pain in the ass, Scott. All is good? All is good? Everything good? Ah, get out of here, Scott. How's everything? Go away. Pain in the ass. Go find Depot. He's on 850. Go find Depot with Jim Sarney, all right? They're putting up billboards around town. Idiot. Here's a call from Key Largo. Hello. Neil, how you doing? Okay. Um, I have two women and one little Latin boy who all three are prepared to squeeze the bag, so they're hoping that you can play that. Play, play, you mean playing bagpipes? Yeah, bagpipes. I'm sorry. Oh, I got I to stall while I find the damn thing. Don't you understand the way this works? Okay, have a great holiday, sir, and don't do this again. Hi there, boys and girls. Today, we've got a very extra special friend stopping by to show us all about something really special. I hear him at the door right now. Come on in, Mr. McMack. <laughs> How are you, laddie? Hey, brought me something I wanted to show you. Ooh, I wonder what it is. it is. It looks like looks like a, an octopus with a kilt on. <laughs> That's me bag, boy. Ooh, your bag? Hey. Ooh, what? Can I touch it? Sure, go ahead. Ooh, ooh. Run your hands there. That's, that's soft. Hey, that's like really velvet. Soft. Hey. Oh, oh, what, what's this right here? That is my blowpipe. You, what, what do you do with the blowpipe? You blow on it, lad. You blow, you blow on hey, it? Hey, you put your mouth around it and you blow. Oh, can, can I do that? Hey, would you like to blow my pipe, laddie? Oh, can I? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Come on, lad. You, you've got to put your mouth around it, lad. Don't be afraid. It's not going to break. Like this? Hey, that's a boy. Stick it all the way down your throat. It's getting bigger. Hey, that means you're doing it right. What's this over here? That's me chanter. What's, what do I do with that? What you do with that, lad, is you put your both hands on it, you cover the hole, and you run your hands up and down the shaft real quick. Hey. Hey, run your hands up and down it there. Now what you want to do, laddie, is you want to blow on the pipe. You want to squeeze the bag nice and gentle. And then you want to run your hands up and down the shaft real quick. Okay. All together, all at the same time. Okay, here we go. Good, laddie. Hey, that's good, lad. Sure. That's good, laddie. Keep blowing. Blow harder, laddie. Harder. Squeeze the bag. Squeeze, man. Run your hands up and down the shaft. Quick, faster. Run your hands up and down, faster. Slow, slow. Oh, oh. 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 oh.
We got a 34 minutes to kill here, man. We better get with it. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Although I might read that uh, one uh, bedtime story real slow. <laughs> Here's Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Fort Lauderdale is gone. Okay. And a great like call I said, that. Clean, clean, huh? And a great call it was too. Clean slate. We had one caller we thought was left on there, and he like <coughs> during the course of the uh, bit or whatever what the problem was. That's the way it goes. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Isn't that amazing? Three and a half hours, three hours and twenty minutes. They're already out of material. See, I should have known that we're getting like bogus votes on the poll over here because there's way too many, way too many. Because it's a holiday, and there's very few people around. And based on the first poll we took, which there were no bogus votes on, you see what I'm saying? There was 179 votes on that in two hours? Yep. Well, an hour and 20 minutes, we got allegedly 222 on here, and uh, it's bullcrap. They're diddling with us. No Here's doubt. North Miami Beach. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How's it going? Great. How's it up in Toronto? It's beautiful. Awesome. Hey, uh, yeah, on, on the Beast, uh, I thought he, he did a pretty good show today. I called him yesterday and talked to him a little bit. He's he's very lovable. He's like a big bear. You just want to squeeze him. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Well, you must yeah. have seen him then. You must know him. I do know the Beast. He's a nice guy. but uh, no, so, so this is like a setup call. No, 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 it's not a setup at all. I just wanted to tell you I thought he did good on the air. But you can't, com you can't put him up against George because uh, there is no comparison. You know what I mean? Wait, I'm, I'm listening. You're, you're the one that's talking. I'm listening. Oh, you want oh. me to agree with you? I'm not. Okay. I'm well, you know, I'm frightened. I'm, I'm, I'm frightened you're going to hang up on me. So. Okay. Well, no, I hung up on him because it's a setup call. He's a buddy of the beast, and he's calling in. Although he, even he said he can't be compared to George. George is a little man of experience. He's been on there pissing people off for what? Four or five years now. I guess I we stuck him on there, didn't we? In the first year, I don't remember when it was. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was my second year, so about two or, two or three years now. At least that he's been on. Yeah. And the Beast is on there doing one show yesterday, and you people are putting up against against a standard like this man who's done, he's probably done four or five hundred shows on eating ass. And here's the guy that comes out there and just does one show about how come everybody hates me, and I'm bald, and I'm fat, and ugly, and short, and I hate myself, and I wish I was anybody else. See, he was wearing his Tom Brady uh, shirt, he said yesterday. I did hear that. You want to know why? Why is that? Because he wishes he were Tom Brady. He wishes he was anybody. Yeah. Well, if you're going anybody to be anybody, else. might as well start at the top, okay? Might as well pick somebody good. I'll tell you one thing. Tom Brady looked pretty good in those old red uniforms yesterday. And the Lions and those ancient, ancient, us old farts, remember the old days of the NFL? Back before all this expansion? Those were great. The real ancient blue, uh, ugly uniforms. It was fantastic. Love that. Hockey does that. Baseball does that once in a great while. Yeah. Football does it uh, every now and then for variety. What's well, in fashion now? Yeah, the throwback jerseys. And what's wrong with that? We like uh, looking back in the past, okay? Two hundred and twenty-five votes allegedly on this poll. Who would you rather have fill in for Neil during the summer? George sixty-seven, Best Neil tape sixty-six. Most of those are bogus, gotta be. Joe Costello sixty-one also, and the Beast thirty-one. Beast is uh, huffing and puffing real hard. Well, he gave it a good shot, you know. And it would have been a good show if Carlos would have given him some better advice yesterday. But you just didn't do it. He was too worried about, oh, is Neil going to be there to hold our hand? See, that's what you were worried about there. That's what that was all about. Sorry, Beast. Going to be sitting there and uh, hold our hand and interject and, uh, you know, drop in some, some of those when we need him? 
Like you don't have your own. Get your own parts, okay? Get your own Oleomed, too. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of the best olive oil that you'll find. Olive oil is great stuff. Very seriously, I'm smeared it on my feet again. You can see the miracles that it does for your skin. Olive oil is a miraculous thing. Even the ancient Greeks and the Italians do that. And the Spix, too. And Oleomed has uh, got all kinds of great olive oil in there, combined with vitamins and minerals, herbals, other nutrients, and scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions. Each one is specifically geared to a different part of your health. They got one to help your mind. And now they have three new formulas, one to help you sleep, one to help you control your weight, and CoQ10, which is great for your heart. All using the benefits of the purest olive oil that money can buy. It's an exciting new product for your health, and you can fix them up today at Publix, Eckerd's, and Walgreens. If you'd like to get more information, call their toll-free number and ask all the questions you'd be having. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can also order their products online at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and buy an Oleomed product in Data Broward, you can get you a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll while supplies last. And don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins be playing home games. Pick up some product information and free Oleomed samples and start popping it in your puss real soon. My queen... God. It was the night before Christmas at the Soprano house. Not a creature was stirring, not one friggin' mouse. The kids were nestled all snug in their beds, sleeping like big pussy, who oh, I uh, shot in the head. Went out in the driveway, there arose such a clatter. I called Furio to come see what the hell was the matter. He arrived with his guns out, ready to shoot, when he saw some fat bastard in a furry red suit. Whatever he was drinking, I mean, it must have been 90 proof. Hey, not for nothing. But he was climbing all over my roof. I figured this guy must be working for the feds. So I called up my crew to come whack this guy dead. Hey, Christopher. Hey, Paulie. Hey, Carmine. Hey, Ralphie. Yo, Bobby. Yo, Silvio. Yo, Vito. Yo, Patsy. Get over here and shove this guy's head through the wall. And whack away. Whack away. Whack away all. He was coming down the chimney. We was about to do this fella when I heard something. Holy crap. It's Carmella. I said, go back to bed. What are you, thick? We're about to do a contract on this guy who'll say Nick. Then I got to go look at him. It was all round and Alfie. She ain't going to believe this when I tell Dr. Malfie. We was just getting ready to break both his knees. When I looked in his bag, was this a present for me? So I pulled out the wrapping. I said, hey, this is cool. It's just what I wanted, a pound of gabagoo. And seeing as how, you know, this was such a nice gift to give, I gave him a present too. Hey, I let him live. So I sent him on his way. I let go of his beard. And I know this next part might sound kind of weird. But as he flew away, I thought I heard him sing. Merry Christmas to all and to all. Bada-bing. 1233 at 560 WQAM. Do you notice under a rejoin there how I stepped on it because it's one of those fake rejoins to fake us out? No, didn't even realize it. I did. I noticed on that spot we just got through playing there, Clarence, it sounds like one of his BBs must have dropped. You notice how much better he sounds on the spots these days? Digital editing. That's got to be it. I, I guess he's afraid he's going to start sounding like Gildy. Christopher Hitchens writes, The latest Kissinger outrage. The Bush administration has been saying in public for several months that it doesn't desire an independent inquiry into the gross failures of intelligence that left U.S. society defenseless 14 months ago. By announcing that Henry Kissinger will be chairing the inquiry that it did not want, the president has now made the same point in a different way. But the cynicism of the decision and the gross insult to democracy and to the families of the victims that it represents has to be analyzed to be believed. One, 
We already know quite a lot, thanks all the same, about who was behind the attacks. Most notable in incubating al-Qaeda were the rotten client state regimes of the Saudi Arabian oligarchy and the Pakistani military and police elite. Henry Kissinger is now and has always has been an errand boy and apologist for such regimes. Two, when in office, Henry Kissinger organized massive deceptions of Congress and public opinion. The most notorious case concerned the secret bombing of Cambodia and Laos and the unleashing of unconstitutional methods by Nixon and Kissinger to repress dissent from this illegal and atrocious policy. But Senator Frank Church's Commission of Inquiry into the Abuses of U.S. Intelligence, which focused on illegal assassinations and the subversion of democratic governments overseas, was given incomplete and misleading information by Kissinger, especially on the matter of Representative of Chile. Representative Otis Pike's parallel inquiry into the House, which brought to light Kissinger's personal role in the not insignificant matter of the betrayal of the Iraqi Kurds, among other offenses, was thwarted by Kissinger at every turn, and its eventual findings were classified. In other words, the new commission will be chaired by a man with a long proven record of concealing evidence and lying to Congress, the press, and the public. Three, in his second career as an obfuscator and a falsifier, Kissinger appropriated the records of his time at the State Department and took them on a truck to the Rockefeller estate family, a family estate in New York. He has since been successfully sued for the return of much of this public property, but meanwhile he produced for profit three volumes of memoirs that purported to give a full account of his tenure. In several crucial instances, such as his rendering of U.S. diplomacy with China over Vietnam, with apartheid South Africa over Angola, and with Indonesia over the invasion of East Timor to cite only some of the most conspicuous, the classified documents have since shown him to be a bald-faced liar. Does he deserve a third try of presenting a truthful record after being caught twice as a fabricator and on such a grave matter as this? Number four. Kissinger's consulting firm, Kissinger Associates, is a privately held concern that does not publish a client list and that compels its clients to sign confidentiality agreements. Nonetheless, it's been established that Kissinger's business dealings would say the Chinese communist leadership have closely matched his public pronouncements on such things as the massacre of Chinese students. Given the strong ties between himself, his partners Lawrence Eagleburger and Brent Scowcroft and the oil oligarchies of the Gulf, it must be time for at least a full disclosure of his interest in the region. This thought doesn't seem to have occurred to the president or to the friends of Prince Bondar and Prince Dondar's wife, who helped the evacuation of the bin Laden family from American soil without an interrogation in the week after 9-11. Number five. On Memorial Day 2001, Kissinger was visited by the police in the Ritz Hotel in Paris and handed a warrant issued by Judge Roger Loire requesting his testimony in the matter of disappeared French citizens in Pinochet's Chile. Kissinger chose to leave town rather than appear at the Palace of Justice as requested. He has since been summoned as a witness by senior magistrates in Chile and Argentina who are investigating the international terrorist network that went under the name Operation Condor and that conducted assassinations, kidnappings, and bombings in several countries. The most spectacular such incident occurred in rush hour traffic in downtown Washington, D.C. in September 76, killing a senior Chilean dissident and his American companion. Until recently, this was the worst incident of externally sponsored criminal violence conducted on American soil. The order for the attack was given by General Augusto Pinochet, who has been vigorously defended from prosecution by Henry Kissinger. Moreover, on September 10, 2001, a civil suit was filed in Washington, D.C. Federal Court charging Kissinger with murder. The suit, brought by survivors of General, of, uh, General Rene Schneider of Chile, asserts that Kissinger gave the order for the elimination of this constitutional officer of a democratic country because he refused to endorse plans for a military coup. Every single document in the prosecution case is a U.S. government declassified paper, and the target of this devastating lawsuit is being invited to review the shortcomings of the intelligence community. In late 2001, the Brazilian government canceled an invitation for Kissinger to speak in Sao Paulo because it could no longer guarantee his immunity. 
Earlier this year, a London court agreed to hear an application for Kissinger's imprisonment on war crime charges while he was briefly in the U.K. It is known that there are many countries to which he cannot travel at all, and it's also known that he takes legal advice before traveling anywhere. Does the Bush administration feel proud of appointing a man who's wanted in so many places and wanted furthermore for his association with terrorism and crimes against humanity? Or does it hope to limit the scope of the inquiry to those areas where Kissinger has clients? There is a tendency, some of it paranoid and disreputable, for the citizens of other countries and cultures to regard President Bush's war on terror as opportunist and even as contrived. I myself don't take any stock in such propaganda. But can Congress and the media be expected to swallow the appointment of a proven cover-up artist, a discredited historian, a busted liar, and a man who's wanted in many jurisdictions for the vilest of offenses? The shame of this and the open contempt for the families of our victims ought to be the cause of a, a storm of protest. Wrote Christopher Hitchens on Wednesday. How do you like that, huh? And uh, like I said on Wednesday when the story came across the wire, now that we got Henry in charge, maybe peace will be in our hands. Live, Live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. This is the most disgusting program. Uh-huh. I urge everyone to complain to this station. Five at five sixty WQAM, two hundred and fifty-two votes on the poll. I bet you at least a hundred of those are like for real. About here's 100. a call from Kendall. Hello. Hey Neil. Yes sir. You know that Pat Samarall probably was doing a better job than that Brian guy, uh, Gumball guy. Greg Gumball, yeah, awful. Yeah, I, I, awful. I, I can't stand him. Hello. Gotta have naked pictures, man. That can be the only explanation for it. And most of the Dolphins games, they put him and Phil Sims. And Phil Sims is okay, but this guy, yeah, I don't know, man. And the sad, sad part of it is that CBS is number one crew. What does that tell you about how that's low they've been on at this point? That's what they had on yesterday. Awful. It's unbelievable. Anyway, um, I like George. He's um, he's not you. Uh, no comparison at all. Yeah, that's but for damn sure. It's better than tapes, and and he does bring some 
weird topics that are, are nice to hear, even though if he's not getting any. Uh, it's interesting to uh, get a different point of view from, uh, uh, you know, weird stuff that maybe other people do. It's entertaining, I guess. Yeah, from a different kind of pervert, right. Yeah. Listen, Neil. Yes, sir. How about, uh, can you play uh, Elvis, uh, welcome everybody, uh, Merry Christmas. That one's pretty good. Elvis, welcome everybody, a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I want uh, something, and he starts eating everybody's food and stuff. Okay, you got it. Say goodbye. Thanks. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Say goodbye. Elvis Claus, right? I think we played that yesterday, but yeah. Are you starting to interfere again? <laughs> no. See, Miguel is chuckling because he, he notices the way, you know, you you come in, you know, very meek, very mild, and now all of a sudden you're like a, a tornado out of control. Lunatic. You got Eric up there crying in Orlando. You got the beast who's getting blamed for uh, your failures yesterday, your failure to, like, spin him in the right direction. And now, now you're, like, bitching out this night, and he seemed like a good guy to me. We've had all nice people on the phone today. We haven't had one asshole caller today, have we? Uh-oh. No, we're not No, we're not taking anymore. See, I'm not okay. as dumb as you think I am, Miguel, okay? We're not, we don't have time for any more. <laughs> Just checking. Give me a little bit of credit, will you? All right, a little bit. I'm not going to, like, uh, push my luck. What's the name of that show, Press Your Luck? Yep. Now, wasn't that, that was the precursor to Whammy, wasn't it? Wasn't that the original Whammy show? No, actually, I think the, the Press Your Right, right, actually, you're right, you're right, you're right. Press Your Luck came first. Oh, I hope. No, I'm, I'm telling you. Wait till I start telling Mo about you. So, anyway, what was the deal with Mo the other day? You waved to him and he, like, uh, looked at you and laughed and walked away or something like that? The ugliest look you've ever seen in your life. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, what, 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 now, what have you done to merit a dirty look besides, of course, being associated with me and being on this show and George? I don't even know if he knows that or he just does that to everybody. Maybe he just don't like Spicks. Could be. Maybe Cartoon like commercial him. depicting Bush, not the toast of the town in Britain. I tell you, the repression that's going on in the world today, there's no more freedom of speech of the press, anything. London. A cartoon, a cartoon television commercial that shows George W. Bush mistaking a toaster for a video recorder has been banned in Britain for ridiculing the president. An advertising watchdog said yesterday the commercial for a satirical cartoon show was offensive and could only be shown if the makers sought the president's permission first. The offending ad shows Bush opening a copy of the video and saying, My favorite, just pop it in the video player. He then sticks it into a toaster and burns it. It also features Tony Blair fetching a ball tossed by Bush in reference to the British Prime Minister's reputation among critics as the President's unquestioning poodle in world affairs. So what's wrong with that? It sounds accurate to me. We found that President Bush might find the portrayal not to his liking and therefore offensive, said Oystein McLean, director of the Broadcast Advertising Clearance Center, no relation to Ron McLean of Hockey Night in Canada, an industry-funded body that vets TV ads in Britain. People are entitled not to be exploited for someone else's commercial gain, he said. The BACC said the producers should have sought permission from Bush to use his image before lampooning him. The makers of 2D TV, an animated series that mocks celebrities and politicians, rejected the criticism, saying the ads amounted little more than a gentle ribbing. It seems absurd, said producer Giles Pilbro, he told Reuters, were much tougher in the uh, program. Pilbro said requiring satirists to seek permission from their targets was an idiotic request that would mean asking Osama bin Laden or Saddam Hussein if it was all right to caricature them. Good point. I guess we won't be able to play them songs no more, you know, that Hussein, the one who played the other day. Yeah, what the guy want to hear, Elvis Claus? I'm just asking because you're, like, trying to interfere again with that guy. 
and I will play it whether you like it or not. Did I? Play? I didn't play that yesterday. Oh, you played it yesterday. Right. Well, nobody was listening yesterday anyway. That's a good point. There was nobody listening when you and the Beast were there diddling each other. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You've got to be. No, it was Thanksgiving Day. You think that anybody with a life was listening to this to any radio station on Thanksgiving Day? Anybody with even like a, a meager existence? Oh, with a life. No. No chance. No chance. 262 votes, and I bet you at least 20 of them are real votes. My, My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Friday, you bastard. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. This here is the king. I know I haven't been around much for a while, but I want you all to know that up here in rock and roll heaven, I'll be thinking of you this Christmas. And I'd like to give you all a special Christmas message. A message of peace. Like, uh, how about a little piece of that pie going by? Thank you. Thank you very much. Like I was saying, Christmas is a time of hope. Time of joy, a time for loving, and I sure would love a big slice of that feature you got there. I can, what we want? No worry, what that? Oh yeah, Christmas. Now Christmas to me means family, and family means friends, and friends means getting together, and getting together means eating. Oh, pass me that drumstick, would you please? Well, oh, thank you, thank you very much. And I just want to say to you right now. You know, I may be a big star, maybe too big, but ain't nobody so big you can't reach out a helping hand, a helping uh, a hand. Uh, uh, would you hand me a helping of those mashed potatoes over there, would you please? Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, like I was saying, ain't nobody so big you can't stoop to help a friend in need over the holiday season. Now, speaking of season, you want to pass me that salt sugar when you get the chance? Thank you. Yeah, just, just unscrew the cover, that's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. So this Christmas, why don't y'all take a tip from old Aeolus? No, no, leave those steak tips right where they are, you know what I mean? No, I appreciate it, thank you. I want you to remember, we're all part of God's great big family. And you know God made man unto his own image. And look in the mirror, I'd have to say God must be a big, big son of a gun, you know what I mean? I think he did. But I especially want y'all to remember this one last thing. When you're all at home this Christmas, stringing that popcorn up on the tree, save a big, big bowl for the can. Extra butter, know what I mean? Well, thank you, dear. Thank you. Thank you very much.
then your face turned all white. Oh, then you, you turned blue, 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 Elder. Goodbye to you, Elvis. What a piece of cake this was today, you know what? Was it only me? It seems like we were here for like 15, 20 minutes today. We just got on the air. Exactly. Let's uh, do another couple of hours. What do you say? No, no. Not. Not. Mad Dog's coming up next. I got an important hockey game to watch, mister. Got the Leafs and the Flyers in Philly. Let's see. How's that pregame coming up? This TSN update is brought to you by Castrol Syntec, the active loop. See, ESPN bought them out. You notice how everything sounds the same now? Yeah. Same music. Anyway, don't forget, join George tomorrow, 11 to 1 at Bill Seidel's Boulevard of Savings on Northwest 36th Street, just west of 27th Avenue. Stop by, give him a little kiss on his bald spot. Win some QAM prizes. Enjoy free food from Atlantic City Subs, where 271 votes on the poll, some of them even for real. I'm starting to think that the poll result, since this has been diddled with, is upside down. Maybe the Beast won after all. Are you taking Don't a look at that Don't believe that tapes actually won this Yeah, thing. so that goes to show you how bogus it is. Best of Neil Tapes, 84. George, 83. Joe Costello, 68. And the Beast is sucking away in the last place with 36. So you know the damn result is upside down. So we don't want to make it official or anything like that, but I'd say very likely the Beast is the winner. Bye, bye, bye! The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Buffalo still sucks. All right, Seth Greenberg, whose uh, show will be beginning will be beginning soon here on the station. Seth made the news last night with a win for South Florida over uh, Providence, his 200th career win. Let's see who got there faster. You or Roger Clemens? <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> probably Roger Clemens. Uh, well, I tell you, it was it was a good win for our team. I mean, you know, it's nice to win your 200th game. It means you obviously you can't win 200 games if you only coach them for five years. So it means at least I've been around for a while. Yeah. But uh, but it was a good win, and it, you know, obviously for a, a northeastern guy to to have a quality Big East win is number 200. And, you know, with the kids that graduated last year to have some guys step up and, and show some resiliency and come from behind, uh, it was it was a good quality win for our basketball team and our program. What kind of team you have over there? 
we're different. You know, obviously when you lose 4,000 points and, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, 1,500 rebounds and 300 steals, your team's going to be different. But uh, you know, the good key is that we've got a point guard returning. We've got a, a post player returning. When we're down with Reggie Cohen, I call him the heart and soul of our team. And then we've got a bunch of young kids that are kind of just scrap and grind and but we do have great leadership with the two seniors, and that's pivotal for, our, for the success of our team. And where, where are you guys from, most of them? So? Uh, mostly Florida. Yeah. I mean, mostly Florida. I mean, I'm you know, looking at Will McDonald's from, from uh, New Orleans, but Terrence Leather's from right here in Tampa, and Marlon Bryant's from Leesburg, and Sam Barber's from West Palm Beach, and Derek Morris is from, uh, you know, is from uh, Palm Beach County, and Yusuf Baker's from Orlando. But, we, you know, we have a couple kids, you know, it's kind of sprinkled in there also. Uh, 